or my lord? I mean, I guess both. Well, he didn't know about the program until I told him about it yesterday. I told him about some of the guests, and he was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then I told him, uh, well, he asked, you know, I told him the basic premise that we do six shots, six topics of conversation. And he said, what kind of stuff do you drink? And I said, well, we usually leave it up to the guests. Yeah. However, uh, we also have our hankerings, so sometimes we select. And I told him, and if you're recording right now, I don't know if you are, we had this concept early on. At the very beginning, actually, I wanted to have a wheel manufactured yeah. so that we would have a bunch of bottles, and then <laughs> wherever you land on the wheel of death is what you have to drink. I still think we do that for the live show. I think that will maybe be the the unveiling. We'll pull the silk sheet off of it, <laughs> and then it'll be available for us to use if guests... I, maybe we'll like leave it up to the guests, but maybe we will just start using it. <laughs> Anyhow, I say to him, uh, yeah, so we drink everything. And, and he was like, oh, a wheel... Of, so the wheel would have some some presumably some scary stuff on there. I was like, yeah, like, and I was kind of hemming a little bit. And he says, Malort. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) listen to this. We love Malort on our program. That'd be, that'd be like one of the ones where like the, the piece of pie is like double or triple the size. So it's more common to land on. I, uh, I tried converting him. Like as we were doing the workout, I was telling him how much I love Malort. I was like, throw a little cube on it. Let it uh, open up a little. The bouquet really comes out. It takes the edge off some of the uh, the harshness and that bitterness, even though it's still there. I like bitter stuff. I want it to be there. Yeah. But you get this nice, like, blossoming, like, floral characteristic. Absolutely. I said, hey, it's, like, more bitter dill aquavit, which is something that occurred to me, like, a month ago. And he's like, you know what? I got to try it again. <laughs> I said, yeah, people are used to razzing their friends when they show up to Chicago. Drink this, buddy. Hey. Like, I, still, I think that's part of it, too, though. I think if, yeah. if everybody is making puke sounds around you while you're drinking something and then be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing that. Like, well, yeah, it's not going to taste as good. You know, if somebody sets food down in front of you and the whole table starts saying that food smells like shit, you're going to a little bit of your brain is like, does, wait, does this smell like shit? <laughs> That's why their marketing department leaned in, I guess, because yeah. they sell a lot more of this stuff by making it seem like no one actually wants it than they do for people like us who sip on it because <laughs> they're not a lot of daily drinkers, not a lot of Malort daily drinkers. Well, and like, you know, their 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 marketing, I guess, says it all. You know, they leaned into the. These pants aren't going to shit themselves. Yeah, like, that's I right. just, that was the one I couldn't remember. Yeah, I mean it's it's genius to really think about that 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 somebody can can hit both sides because we are not alone in our malort love. Like there are no, many there are people drinkers. that love it. Real life malort drinkers. Yep. It and, wasn't invented as a joke. Look at the label. Yeah, and in <laughs> Scandinavia, like that is a very common flavor. Like there are are tens of thousands of people that really like it, and then on top of it, so they have them. But then they're also embracing the Chris Farley, drink it, dummy, you know, smell my finger, idiots, that still will also buy it. It's like, it's like if, if Bush Light fi- or Keystone Light found a way <laughs> to get like, like wine psalms into it and also just kept the suitcase for, you know, twenty eight ninety nine or whatever. That's way too expensive. Twenty one ninety nine. Yes, for sure. When I was in college for visual communications design... One of my uh, assignments was to create an ad campaign for an existing ad. I won't name the brand because it is a local brand, and I don't want anyone to feel bad, even though they probably wouldn't. This was a long time ago. It's like 2002 at this point. I came up with an ad campaign where I leaned into, like, this isn't, this isn't high-quality stuff, but it'll get you drunk. So the ad campaign revolved around that. And I took a lot of like CD photos on Polaroids and then I scanned them in. So then the Polaroids themselves were a part of the ads. 
Anyway, okay, let's get on with it because we got to explain what we're doing. Here. <laughs> Motorcycle whizzes by. That is not our. That is not our alarm sound today. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. We decided to give it the old college try and record outdoors for the first time, which is something that we kicked around as an idea months ago. Yeah. The time couldn't be more right than a beautiful July day in Minneapolis. We're sitting in it's not my garage. Quite. It's a it's a beautiful late June night. Um, depends when you're listening <laughs> to this, I guess. That's that's me. That's me worrying about summer being gone so quickly. That's me trying to hold on to every last yeah, shred of summer possible. It's also me fast forwarding to being at a cabin for the Fourth of July this week. I am jealous. <laughs> I am jealous. Uh, yeah. So we're we're giving this the shot. We're we're lighting cigars, which is one of the other reasons we wanted to record outdoors. I have this delicious uh, La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor. We're both smoking Gordos. Uh, I Quam has a beautiful Hendrik Helner crafted beauty it's a archetype chapter one sage advice oh man this smells incredible there yeah we got nice size cigars i'll probably end up smoking a couple i'm gonna try not to puff next to the mic because i don't want to make the sound resonate on the recording but you'll probably hear a couple hope it doesn't bother you as much as it would probably bother me (laughs) i like that i like that you have uh you have uh uh you have a quality about you that you're gonna push on to other people i enjoy that no, I'm trying to keep them away from it. It's not a quality. I wouldn't refer to it as a quality. What would you, I, I don't, I'm not going to say a deficiency. Yeah, it is. It's no, a malfunction. It keeps you from putting up with really irritating things. It's, and, a, it's a malfunction, but I'm, I'm proud of all my dents and scratches. It's okay. We all got a few. What are we drinking, Quam? Uh, well, we, uh, we brought two different things from two different sides of the flavor spectrum. So I brought something that is relatively new to me, which is uh, the Basil Hayden's age 10 year label. Uh, Basil Hayden's has been trying to get into more boutique stuff. I think watching the direction that a lot of the, the bourbons have gone in America, where it's just harder and harder to get and they just charge more and more and more and don't try anything different, don't do anything different. That's a business model. That if you can do it, great. Uh, Basil Hayden's is going the other way, and they're trying to come up with different expressions so they can really, as more and more people are getting into whiskey and more and more people are buying, they're trying to find different ways to express what they do. So this is, um, everything is aged at minimum 10 years in there. And uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it's a nice looking bottle. Oh, okay. I, mean, I don't think I've seen this one. The little, it's got a little belt buckle on it. That's cute. It's it's here for fashion <laughs> and for deliciousness. BH. And, you know, because I'm not one to just bring one thing, uh, I decided that uh, since it's just you and me hanging out in a garage, that this calls for some Malort. Good Lord, let's drink some Malort. Good Lord, let's drink some Malort. <laughs> uh, again, I, I feel like hopefully we're working on that sponsorship from Malort, but we have got to be one of the only podcasts on earth fueled by Malort. They're going to come knocking. They, we're going to change the culture for you guys. I'm hoping. Malort. Steve Malort, give us a call. <laughs> Dear Mr. Malort, we, uh, and again, I'll tell everybody, it does sound, if you're unfamiliar with it or you've only heard Chicago Horror Stories, uh, trust me, it is delicious. It is bitter. It does have some medicinal qualities, but as Charles and I were just talking about earlier, if you throw a cube in there and you just let it sit, all of these floral notes and all of this sweetness just comes out, and to me, it makes it absolutely addicting. Yeah, don't knock it till you try it, but then you're probably going to knock it. Just, just, give, it just give it a shot. 
Just try it, will you? Yeah, we also realize that there are many things that we both enjoy that a lot of people don't. That's okay, yeah. And that's just fine. And there's, there's a, a lot bunch of things of, other people enjoy. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit it. that you guys like that I can't stand. So I don't see any problems with uh, that at Brett all. Brett Splinter, a prior guest, gets annoyed <laughs> with me for qualifying everything I say I don't like when I'm like, it's okay if you like it, because I do say, you know, don't yuck my um. I do say on the pod. You know, I don't like this thing. If you like it, it's cool. He's like, man, why do you always do that? You got yourself a podcast so you can say whatever you want. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's because people probably listen to the things that I enjoy on the podcast, of which we discuss so many things that we love and dislike, and they probably hate a lot of things I love, so I want them to know it's okay. You don't have to like what I like. I don't have to like what you like. <laughs> That's what makes conversations like these interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I also, every now and then, if I do get passionate about it, I'll just be like, "That's fucking stupid." But when we're talking about yes. arbitrary things that the are like stuff, oh, I like that, or oh, yeah, I don't really care for that. I'm not like passively against, for instance, mayo on sandwiches. I just don't like it, and I'd prefer if you didn't put it on mine. If it comes with it, I'm not going to throw a tantrum. I'm not going to tell anybody they're awful. But I don't like it. If ranch ends up on my plate, I'll just kindly take it off. I just don't want it there. The things that right. I get passionate about are usually the stuff that we kind of stay away from on this politics. Or on this politics, on this oh. podcast. There we go. I'm tipping oh. my hand already. <laughs> I was listening to a lot of political stuff today as I was driving around, so I got a little worked up in the car. Fair enough. We're also sipping on some various beers that were left here at a party last weekend. So we have some Dangerous Man that our good friend of the podcast, Mr. Rick Dodora, left that yep. he, he brought with him. Also, uh, shout work. out to Phil. Uh, it was fun having both of them over. This is delicious. Is that what this is? Yeah, it's a Oh, house. yeah, it is. Yep. Oh, oh, it's their collab Arbiter with uh, Arbiter. Oh, right. Arbiter as well. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Juna Choi. Got to have you on this pod sometime soon. Every time we see each other, we talk about it, and then we never connect. I love that. That's so, my fault. let's get after it. Fuck uh, yeah. The theme of this episode, which is probably described in the description you just read before you click play. <laughs> I never read the we're descriptions. Just, <laughs> we're just talking about, well, if you haven't, we're going to be just having a discussion about, uh, there's no way to put this without sounding like a fucking Honda commercial. Honda CRV. <laughs> Let the world open up. <laughs> Basically, we're just talking about getting back to um, more normality. We're not going to say fully normal. Obviously, the world is not totally normal. But just the things that we've enjoyed and the things that we are looking forward to now that it's a real summer in the Twin Cities and the country and in a lot of places around the world. Our Australian fans uh, don't know how exciting this is for us because you guys have had normalcy for pretty much the duration. But this is mostly for people who are beginning to be able to go out in public, uh, dine out again, take off their masks. That's that's who we're appealing to uh, with this episode. Also, uh, Aussie jokes aside, um, anybody that is listening down there, uh, everybody up here, we're all thinking of you down in Sydney. Um, it's been a it's been a, none of the tough run here. We're having some lockdowns, so just another reminder that we are trying to practice what we uh, considered like somewhat normal life, like the things that we enjoyed. But we're probably going to be in the middle of this for quite a while. So on one hand, think about uh, just continuing to wash your hands and do everything that you can to be safe and keep those around you safe. On the other hand, when we do have the times available to us to try and do the things we love in life, it almost makes them sweeter. You know, I don't want to say that that was one of my favorite parts, but it's definitely reminded me the things that I really hold important. And those are the things that I dreamt about for the entire last year and am now just getting to be able to do. Yeah, that's some of the joy in discussing these things is I 
I am so overloaded with energy now because I managed to calm myself down for that length of time, yeah. which I never thought I'd be capable of. Yeah. And now I don't even know what direction to turn. I'm like, can I, can I book two dinners at the same time? Is that possible? How can I, how can I eat at two places at the same time? I have, uh, I have two days free in the next 27. So it's, uh, yeah, it's wild. We're just doing what we can. And uh, you know what? We're celebrating while, while, while we have the opportunity to. And speaking of celebrating, should we have this shot? Let's do it. To the Haydens of Basil. Cheers. Man, that is delightful. Very carefully had to float that over. We're sitting in lawn chairs. Yeah. We have my lawn table in the garage. <laughs> How the sausage is made. Yeah. This and, is, uh, and we actually got our mics to clamp to this damn thing. Yeah, it's kind of gorgeous how we figured this out. We got our ashtray in the middle, Completely some bottles. Completely surrounded by cords. <laughs> like, I, this chair can sit just this direction. If I move it at all, I'll be on top of some wire or something. I did manage to find, yeah, the perfect positioning for this. Gra- We're sitting in gravity chairs, those gravity yeah. lawn chairs, which I'm sure many of you have seen. And I kind of got it running sideways to a parallel to the table. This is more uh, <laughs> like a Parisian cafe style. Like we are side by side, but yet we are focused on the road to watch life pass by us as we sip our beverages and smoke our smokes. Yeah, as Daniel Wellendorf, uh, owner of Modest, does uh, lawn work. He's picking weeds. He and Bailey are over there picking I weeds. I thought that's who it was. <laughs> that is Daniel. I got up and he kind of looked up and then looked down again right away. And I was like, oh, maybe that's yep, not who I thought. Daniel. Yeah, that's funny. He'll probably... I actually thought it would be funny if someone walked over while we were recording. I don't yeah. think I'd shoot them away. I'd be like, no. yeah, sit down for a second. Bring it in, man. Neighbor, sl- yeah, we'll slide the mic the over. Neighborhood edition. <laughs> All right, let's, let's roll in, man. We got some cues let's let's kick it off so this is a very casual these are all thematic in nature we're pretty much talking about comparable things because it's all about getting back to doing the things that we love so i mean i'll go ahead and read the first one yeah what new place have you eaten since we've been out and about again uh that that's blown you away now i i I have to ask you is this new to me or is it new as a newly opened uh you can Turn this in whatever direction you please. Can I? I thought we were going to answer the same thing, but if you want to take, if you're going to say a place you hadn't been, then by all means, because then we'll say different places. Well, I I I have two I have two answers. So I'm going to say on on the place that is opened that I hadn't been to since it opened. Mm -hmm. uh, Petit Leon just took my breath away. Uh, I, I could not believe we went, uh, it was my wife and I, and we, we brought our good friend Drew with as a thank you for watching our dog while we were out of town. And uh, we just kind of ordered. Oh, I, almost, I was worried about crashing your date. So. <laughs> no, it would have been a blast. It would have been fine. Yeah, Damn it would have been great. And uh, <laughs> Rick Diodoro also ended up sitting with us. So, Oh, yeah. Was yeah. He, he was staging. He was staging that night. That night. He came on. Yep. Out. Yeah, cool. So it was, it was a blast. Uh, the food was incredible. Uh, you know, I, I really, really, truly didn't realize how much I loved going somewhere new and being wowed. Uh, but the, the smoked lengua with uh, zatar on top was yes, incredible. Beautiful. Um, that bite with a piece of the bread dipped in the green broth from the mussels. Uh, that was my favorite bite of food that I had. The cheeseburger was absolutely incredible. Um, the pollo al carbon um, might be the, my favorite non-fried chicken dish I've ever had. You yeah you mentioned that I, and for I, for people who are unfamiliar or not from the Twin Cities, you can look on either of our Instagram accounts or you yep. can you can look them them up as well and see a lot of these dishes because we both took some I think pretty decent photos. Absolutely, 
Um, and I really like it was just a reminder of, of the talent that we have in our own community. And I would say that anybody out there listening in a different city or a different country, I guarantee you, you probably have some of the same stuff going on. Look around and just see who's doing really inventive new stuff uh, for the dessert. We had their cheesecake, which um, they carboned. Ooh. So the very top was completely torched and it gave this really great smoky character because the cheesecake basically turned into like paper thin ash. And it, it just added something to that flavor. I thought that was spectacular. It looks intimidating, but, but it's oh, delicious. So and it reminded us of Spain. Yep. Like it brought us right back to Spain because we had cheesecake there. And same damn thing. Uh, and then on the other side, new to me, um, I was in Vegas uh, doing a little bit of research. And uh, I went to a, a restaurant with my good friend Stephanie uh, called Baja Mer. And uh, it's all fish tacos, fish tostadas. And... Uh, they had a, they had a, uh, what was it? Sea bass? I'm trying to remember the protein. Oh, it was, it was mahi-mahi that was okay. cured in uh, lime juice and beet juice and then served with uh, pickled cool. onions and so habanero. So turned it reddish? Yeah. So it was bright red. It was cool. tangy. It was earthy. The habanero salsa made it like really beautifully sweet and very, very brightly hot. And then the tostada was perfect. Um, and then I got an octopus chicharron taco and that, that like fucked me up. Like I was not prepared for how good that was, was going octopus to be. And chicharron? No, or it was octopus fried chicharron it? style. They puffed, they puffed it. Okay. Wow. I haven't seen that. It was crunchy on the outside huh. and like soft and a little bit chewy. It still on had the some of the. Wow, they must like super slow cook that and then dry the fuck out of it and then, and then fry flash it. fry it. Yeah, that's really cool. I I have never even heard of that. I hadn't heard of it. I haven't seen it since. And I sat there. I felt really bad because like we were catching up. I hadn't seen her in a while, and I kept just staring at my plate as if like if I looked long enough, it would tell me the answer. Like the boat, the chicken bones would come together, and then it would tell me how this was created. It yeah. didn't. It it never told me anything <laughs> except keep eating. Keep this ordering. Is delicious. Keep ordering. They, keep they ordering. make their own they make their own uh <laughs> salsas so we had like three different kinds of that we had a little uh you know the el yucatan like it was just like hot sauce hot sauce take a bite hot sauce hot sauce take a bite like try oh, I love everything. that song oh man it was one of my favorite tracks and of course what are they gonna wash it down with like ice cold pacifico with a nice healthy wedge of lime it was and it was lunch and I honestly, like, I went wandering around lunch. in Vegas time. that night. Yeah. Nap I walked time. past everything and was just like, yeah, you're not that. You ain't that. So that was, uh, I guess that would be me. Uh, what about you, kind sir? It is very difficult to pick. My answer was uh, Petit Leon, partly on the basis of it being Marnie and my first meal out in almost a year and a half. So it was an emotional experience. The food was fantastic. Uh, the cocktails are unreal. Actually, it was just uh, texting with Travis Service, who runs their liquor program, about a half hour ago, about coming on the program. So they're future guests of the program. Can't wait to have them on. Holler. Discuss food philosophy and their, their cocktails and everything else uh, going on in the Twin Cities right now. Uh, the burger instantly slots into my top five here in the Twin Cities. Yep. And if you're not from the Twin Cities, we have a crazy good burger scene here. I'm fully convinced it's one of the best burger scenes in the country. I agree with there that. are some cities that still are not on the Smashy Boy train. Maybe you don't like Smash Burgers if you're listening to this. 
If you don't, then no, we would not qualify. But if you do like Smashburgers, if you're like uh, Gotham, Gotham Club, New York kind of person, or Alcheval kind of person, you like that kind of like Super Smash Burger. We're doing some really cool stuff, and theirs is the newest entrant that has really blown me away. And pretty much everything there is great. Uh, and I, I will also throw out there: yes. uh, I had never had an example of Oklahoma style before. Oh, sure. And that is technically what what no, this is. No, you had a, a Splinter's Burger, right? Nope, still haven't. Oh, I thought you. I thought at one point you. Okay, so you haven't. Yeah, but uh, they do. Yep. They do um, Splinter and Meaty's Burger. Uh, the private sector provisions mm. burger is also Oklahoma style. I think when Splinter started doing it, he didn't know it was Oklahoma style. Sure. But uh, Stephanie March told us about Oklahoma. She yeah. told me for the first time yeah. what Oklahoma style is yep. when she was on the podcast. Because I was like, I don't know what that means. But she said, you know, you you cook one side, you throw the super thin sliced uh, onions onto the top, and then you flip the burger, and, and it cooks smash. the onions with the fat. And I was like, sounds really cool. I don't know if it necessitates having its own style, but... Well, I mean, I'm okay with it. We brag I'm that okay we put our it. cheese in the burger. So, I, you know, I'll just go. Sure, are, why not? It, it's little changes. But did to it, me, I mean, did it even start in Oklahoma? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. I, well, I guess someone will, can correct us on that or look it up for us. Or maybe we'll look it up. I hope it was like a big ass dude who just called himself Oklahoma. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> but, his name is Oklahoma. But, but it was in like Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma Jones. <laughs> From Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> that, all right. I want to party with that guy. We need a t-shirt for Oklahoma Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma Jones. So that certainly qualifies. There, I mean, we've been eating out so much that it's hard to pick one. San Jusan was incredible. I won't even get into that. They're my favorite pizzas right now in the Twin Cities. Ooh. Two of the pizzas I've had there have been mind-blasting. They had one with burrata, uh, so it's, like, incredibly cheesy, like the cheesiest pizza I've ever had, had no joke, with a um, miso pesto. Oh, come on. And That's then they right have, up my alley. Um, they have a pizza called the Isaac Becker, which is a spicy tuna pizza. Sweet. Which is an ode to yeah. Isaac Becker. Also, like I didn't know what to expect. I was like, "This is really going to work," but it, it really did work. I'll say one more thing: when you mentioned somewhere traveling, we were recently in San Jose, and I could say like one of the fancy restaurants we went to. But the thing that I ate that really got me giddy, like a little kid, because it reminded me of being in Santiago uh, six years ago was we were we found the farmer's market just in little italy in san diego uh-huh. and there was a seafood stand that had oysters and stuff and we were buying these like little uh, uh spanish confections at the stand next door knowing marnie would want some with her coffee i didn't really realize what was going on i knew there was oysters and i was like i'll probably pop a couple of those bad boys well out of the corner of my eye i saw a motherfucking sea urchin Ooh. in one of the the fishmonger's hands and That's he was stop. cracking it open and i was like hell no Marnie, here, can you can you take care of the rest of this? And I got I popped right into the line and I told our buddy Nick who is hanging out with us, Nick Hemphro, what's up, homeboy? What up? I was like, dude, I'm 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 posting up right here. I gotta get the sea urchin. And he was like, Yeah, man, they're cracking them open fresh. And I was like, Can you find out how much they are? So he skipped ahead of the line, he went and looked and kinda like listened a little bit. He comes over and he goes, It's fifteen bucks. And I was like, <laughs> Yep. That's my breakfast. So they cracked open a beautiful, fresh cot uh, off the coast of Southern California, sea urchin, with about eight big tongues Ooh, in it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, they wash it out, rinse it, everything, put it right back into the shell for you. All the spines are still wiggling. 
sorry to any newcomers that came from uh, our prior episode that are also vegans. <laughs> I know that that's disturbing to a lot of people. It's it's they're not still alive. Yeah. It's just a, it's it's after the fact. The nerves are still there. They're still firing. And then uh, I got a half dozen oysters, and I was like, perfect breakfast done. That's it. That's it. The sun ah. is shining. I'm in San Diego with my wife and one of my good buddies. Like. That's all you need. It is a very specific taste, but if you're into it, it is. there's not much better on Earth than the direct link that you get to the sea with one of those tongues of uni. Super fresh. Some people are... The, the, the first time you have it, you will be troubled by the texture mm-hmm. because you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you put it in your mouth and you're like, well, hang on, because it kind of pops all the way through like... Boop, 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 boop. It's like a million tiny bubbles. It's like an it's like a savory arrow bar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Udi, the savory arrow bar. Yeah, that's how they market the shit. Now. No, don't market it. Don't it's like my lord, it's terrible. Don't eat it. I yeah. want all of it. Leave it that leave way it I can still us. get one for fifteen bucks. Which was when I was in so one last point, when I was in Santiago, do you know how much I paid for the, the uni that I got that was even bigger than that one? It probably had a dozen tongues in it. Nope. $1.60. Shut the fuck up. And they couldn't believe I wanted to eat it on the spot. I was like, I feel like Andrew Zimmern right now, but yeah. can what, you guys just crack it for me? What were they hoping you'd do with it? Take it home. It was like, cook they, it? It was, just, it was just the Santiago sea mark, oh, seafood market, right? Got it. So they thought I would take it home and then do whatever I wanted to with it at home. But I was like, it's never going to be more fresh than it is right now. I was with my buddy, uh, Danielle, and he was... He was like, what do you want me to do? Because I don't speak nearly good enough Spanish to explain what I wanted them to do. And I said, can you ask them just to like crack it open here and I'll eat it? And they kind of looked at him and shrugged and they looked at me and they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, see, see, you know, they went back and cleaned it out and they even like squeeze a little lime on it Ooh. and then put it back in, which is really nice. They weren't. They couldn't have been that disturbed, but they had a little deaf ch- touch to add a, yeah. just a slight bit of citrus to it. They put it back and they handed it to me. and They're like, "All yours, boss." And I just sat there like, oh. "That's amazing." Also hilarious that as you were talking about Nick, Nick just sent me a text. <laughs> so apparently the uh, the force is strong with that one. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! We should pour up another uh, another one of these guys. Let's do it. Well, I can. Oh, you got it. Yep. Is the is that lighter within reach? It Sorry. will be if I scoot it with the bottle. Ooh, oink. Look at that. I said oink instead of yoink. That was weird. I like oink. Oink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things, uh, as we were talking about languages, uh, I don't think I brought this up when, when Marnie was talking, but one of the things that blew my mind is that uh, the onomatopoeia in comic books in other countries are not the same as it is here. Oh, like, of course. Machine guns don't make the same noise. Yeah. Animals don't make okay. the same noise. And uh, I figured that the out. The animal stuff is common. The comic stuff, yeah, I would be curious to see. I was, uh, what, is, what does Nightcrawler do instead of Banff? Right. <laughs> it was, um, I, I remember um, uh, machine guns in Norwegian were like waga, waga, waga. Waga, 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 waga. Okay. <laughs> and I got into that. But uh, the oink thing, the, the one that always stuck with me is that uh, a pig in Norwegian mm-hmm. uh, doesn't oink. It goes nuff, 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 nuff. And I just think that's way cuter. So if you're going to like root around with something with your nose, like nuff, 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 nuff. It depends on the sound that you draw out. Like yeah. this is the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the like the whee. That's, uh, it's, if I remember right, it's uh, K-V-I-I. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You know what they call hyenas in Arabic? I do not. Way, way. Because that's what they sound like. Way, 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 All right. They call them way, way. And there's even like a cat, you know, cat call. Like, pss, 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 pss. there's like a lot of uh, memes about that now. Like how to get a cat to come. You go, pss, pss, pss. in Lebanon, you say, beast, 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 beast. 
Biz, biz, biz. Yeah. Biz, 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 biz. I actually like that better. I always thought the, the pss, 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 I always thought that was kind of creepy. They both work. They're both effective. It yeah. is a little weird, yeah. Pss, 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 pss. A little repetitive noise. Well, Shall we? Oink. Noof. <laughs> that is very good. I really enjoy this. Ooh, that's, that is really good. Isn't it fantastic? I'm and digging I, it. I, uh, I haven't seen it since in stores, but I know that they're pushing it out. Um, but that extra years that it spends in there, it just mellows it out. And especially as a compliment to these cigars, I just think that like the sweetness in that is so fantastic. What's the dollar figure on a I wish I could tell you. No, oh, you don't know. Okay. No, people are nice to me. Yeah. No, I just didn't know if perhaps you knew the MSRP on this particular bottle. I do, no, I do not. This was a uh, thank you for cooking me dinner present. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, well, thank you for cooking someone else dinner. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think we've already led into this a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, Charles... I was wondering if you've been to any fantastic parties or barbecues lately. Oh, perhaps Christ. it's weird. You're asking perhaps that. right outside this garage door. Yeah. I, oh man, I don't actually. I don't like being asked the question because it was sort of predicated on I. I love to party. I love to throw parties. Uh, the type A comes out. I plan everything. I'm fucking grilling. I grilled fifty oysters last weekend. Made a harissa butter. Anyways, we have a. Yes, we have a party. It's called the Negroni party. Let's let's not pass that harissa butter off too quickly because that shit, I'm still thinking about. I made a lot of that. That shit. I had to roll. I had to roll it up in wax paper. The thing's like three <laughs> feet long in my freezer. It is. It is rare that I get stunned into silence by something that I eat at a party. Oh, and well, that, thank you. That that fucked me up, man. That was fucking fantastic. I wish those blue points weren't so stubborn because I had to still shuck everyone. Rick helped with a handful as well, but usually they pop when they grill, and that's part of the reason I wanted to do it. I was like, I could still serve oysters to people, but mm-hmm. then they'll they'll basically shuck themselves. But they did not, and it was raining. Yeah, just standing in the rain shucking oysters, and then yeah, the harissa butter worked really brilliantly. I saw a recipe from Kenji Lopez. <laughs> I feel like standing in the rain shucking oysters. That's like an Adam Duritz Counting Crows line. Like that's like like he just sloughs that off. Like that's just like what what she made him feel like. I, okay, hold on. I always type names of potential names of episodes while we're <laughs> yeah. midstream. Standing in the rain shucking oysters. Shucking oysters. That's pretty good. <laughs> standing in the rain. Shucking oysters, yeah! <laughs> Dude, perfect. Are you sure that's not a real song? <laughs> it might of, be. And now I believe that it is. They have to have like three albums out that I've never listened to, so I would, I, I, I can't say, I cannot definitively say if that's a Counting Crow song already or not. It very well may be, and we're going to get sued to have to change the name of the, the title of this episode if that's what we go with. Uh, yeah, I hate picking my own fucking party, but I haven't gone to any other parties. I've been going out and then partying here. I'm like, brainstorming right why am i thinking of it now if i came up with pretty much every question today (laughs) uh yeah anyways the party was great we do this negroni party our housewarming party five years ago we decided man we love negronis and negroni week used to actually coincide with the week that we had the party which used to be in late june now got moved because of covid and we had such a great time we decided to carry it forward like let's keep doing this party and our friends have a blast with it a lot of variations on Negronis. Usually we tell people like, yeah, bring some food. We don't want to die. Not everyone has to make a drink. But this year, my um, my Negroni was, I got a 10-liter barrel and filled it with the Heirloom Pineapple Amaro, 
rye uh, whiskey and uh, dry vermouth. Let it barrel age for... I did about a month. I didn't know if it was going to be enough time, but it took a while for me to get that barrel. It took on a lot of barrel character. It really did. It didn't need more barrel character than what it had. And then I had Trinity bitters on the table as well, so if people wanted bitters, they could supplement that. We got really nice uh, ice from MN Ice, Eric Eastman. Pure Ice? Pure Ice, MN Pure Ice. And uh, served it with a skewer that had... A maraschino cherry, which is supposed to be shitty, but I got it from Whole Foods, so the jar was eight bucks, which is hilarious. And uh, I charred cubes of, I used my kitchen torch to char cubes of pineapple. Pina. Because I wanted it to taste like a pineapple upside down cake. And it did. Yeah, I, I thought it went really nice. We almost, somehow that party, we almost drank the whole barrel. Ten, ten liters worth of this stuff. Plus another like three or four liters of other people's stuff. Yeah, and uh, Cameron brought negroni jello shots it's still my favorite uh three second <laughs> video i've ever shot uh Are you yeah. slurping it up <laughs> yeah and then uh john buck brought a coffee mezcal uh negroni riff with uh a coffee amaro instead of a bitter liqueur and vermouth i thought that was wonderful so coffee forward it was like butterscotchy oh man i love that yeah it's a great sipper i drank mine way too quick but it would have been nice with the cigar if i didn't drink yeah. it so damn fast uh, and then I did, uh, surprising no one that listens to this podcast, I did an Akavit riff, and I called it a Biancavit. Yes. So I did uh, Luxardo's Clear Bitter Liqueur, uh, Lele Blanc, uh, Skullsven Akavit, and then um, Orange and Cardamom Bitters. And then we did Very a, nice. just a nice orange rip in there. And I thought that also turned out, they were wildly different. Great counterparts. Yeah, that's the, f- that's the fun thing about the Negroni party is the Negroni at its base is a very nice drink, but you can go in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. You can do um, Contessa. So you're using, instead of using the Campari, you're using Aperol. You can do, if you're using um, bourbon, you have a Boulevardier. If you use rye whiskey and then um, you use dry vermouth, you have an Old Pal. Uh, If you use rum, you have a Kingston. The last one I made two years ago was the Kofi Kingston, which I think is pretty clever because I did a rum, I did a rum riff with cold press in it. So the coffee, Kofi Kingston was the rum Negroni. Genius. Uh, And yeah, I thought that turned out really nicely too. So we have a lot of, a lot of fucking fun with that party and uh, reminds me of good times. And uh, I want to keep that going forever. Yeah, man. Ad infinitum. I was trying to think, like, that really was, like, the first party that I've been to. Haven't really done a big barbecue uh, at all. But I I would say, honestly, my my favorite party being something that you do to celebrate uh, was when we were in Florida uh, celebrating 10 years of of my wife and I being together. Woo! Uh, She, after 10 years, has come around to my side of the fence where every now and then it's worth it for the story. As we talked about on a previous episode, oh my, oh my, uh, where we'll dip into like the diviest of dive bars, ah. and then also go out to like the best meal, and it's all about hey, let's just go check it out and see what it is. If it sucks, we leave. If it's really bad, we don't order. If it sucks, <laughs> you know, we'll have one, uh, and then we go from there. So mm-hmm. we did everything from if it looks if it looks weird, then you order the can or yep. the bottle. Yep. So we did we did rooftop Miami Vice frozen drinks with a rum float, and we did uh, shitty beer, 
at the diviest dive bar with really good chicken wings. And then we went out for a cocktail at the restaurant we went to to celebrate when we got engaged, which was really, really cool. Nice. Um, and we met this mildly insane woman that was uh, a, a, a recently widowed woman who was chilling at the bar. And she just had the prettiest little southern accent. She just mm-hmm. asked, is, is this y'all's first date? Because y'all look like you're just enjoying the heck out of each other. And we were like, ah, no, this is actually 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, but I never. So 10,000th date. <laughs> what are your names? And she's like, oh, I'm Jenny. And I was like, hey, and I'm Ben. She goes, I'm married to Ben. You ever let anybody call you Benji? I'm like, there are two people on earth. And you're the second. That get to call me Benji. <laughs> and uh, that's it. And she goes, oh, yeah, you can't respect a man named Benji. I should have known that before I married him. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Wait, and she was widowed from Benji? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Did you scoot over? <laughs> we just kept chatting. And honestly, like the whole way back to the car, Jenny and I tried to decide if we should have just invited her with to dinner because it would have been worth the story just to figure it out. <laughs> sure. I bet that would have been – it either would have been fun or you would have been really regretting your decision. Yeah. I mean, that's most of the things that I do with my life is, is a blend of those. Uh, but the, then the dinner was incredible. You know, We did oysters on the half shell and we did a whole roasted Branzino. And we got a bottle of wine that I picked that I had never had before, but I thought it would really pair well with the meal. And I always feel good when the uh, the sommelier of the restaurant in white satin gloves comes over and takes a look at your order and then takes a look at your wine and then says, fantastic job. And does a quick clap. And then just walked away. Was he? <laughs> nope. Just... Fantastic uh, job. I, w- I really wish you would have done a quick clap and then thrown the towel over your shoulder. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was not the case. But I still, Damn I'll it. take it. I'll take it. Uh, you definitely, uh, those compliments were not being thrown around the rest of the restaurant. And so I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> right. I'm, uh, I'm surrounded in most of my life uh, with friends that are better at wine than I am. And I've just tried to learn as much as I can along the way. And... Every now and then, it's nice to like pat yourself on the back and be like, you don't have any, any titles to tell anybody this, but you know what you're talking about. It's good, yeah. So it was fun. Like We got to literally have like the trashiest drinks, the cheapest food, and then the best scaled food. Scaled it up. All Just in a day. boosted it. And at no point were we ever not – we were always having fun. And I think parties like that where you can have both ends of it, I think it's a pretty, pretty sweet thing. Yeah, one of my favorite things that we did when we were cruising around uh, SD with Hempfer was we were walking back to the vehicles and we had to play Frogger a couple times because it was rush hour and we were leaving the beach. So it was a very busy area. No fucking, no walkways no. at all. And we traipsed across one stretch of road and we came upon, like we were a block further down than we were when we parked. And we came upon just like this like little little beer shack. That clearly hasn't been changed in many decades. Old carpet, uh, like a pinball alley in the back and a pool table, dimly lit, and just a bunch of macro loggers and just the whole every shelf is the bottom shelf. (laughs) And the whole front is like wide open. There's a car parked on the sidewalk right next to the door where we were passing it. And I was like, dude, this place looks vibey, man. I like this shit. Yeah. And they were like, should we? And I was like, yes. And we popped in there. It's funny. We had we drank a bunch of cruise banquets and sat in a booth. And everyone was like real congenial and nice. And we were just kind of chatting with locals. And as we sat at the table, I was just kind of looking around like, dude, this is fucking, this is the most comfortable I've felt. 
because we went to a lot of places where you don't necessarily feel totally comfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a little rushed. Maybe it's a little foofy. It's, yeah. You know, it took a while to get to your table. People are bumping your seat. And right when we walked out, I was like, you know what? We've been going to a lot of real fucking cool places, but none of those places made me feel like I could sit there all day. Yeah, that's all true. those places are places where the clock is ticking. You're you know, here you for got a ninety thing, minutes. Please leave. Yes, but when we were there, I was right as we stepped out. I was like, if you guys said let's have another, and then you guys said let's have another, and then you guys said let's have another, I would have been chilling in there for a while because it's it was just like super relaxed. They're playing like seventies rock. We're sipping on banquets and chugging tall glasses of iced water. So that's I, I have a lot of appreciation for that as well. Just like somewhere you don't have to think. I, I hope if you listen to this podcast that that doesn't sound like a foreign uh, uh, experience to you. But if it does, I, I can't say enough about lose a day on the weekend or on a day off. Lose a day inside a dive bar. Like in the middle of the summer, the air conditioner cranked. There's like four windows and three of them have posters on them. Go there with some friends and lose, like, nobody look at their phones, put your watches away, and lose an entire afternoon there. Because there's nothing better than when you when somebody finally realizes what time it is and you've lost, like, five hours. And then you go outside yes. and it's still daylight. And you have that, that weird, like, side character in Blade, like, at the light. Because it's not supposed to. You've been in a bar for five hours. It's not <laughs> supposed to still be light outside. I have a feeling from our listenership that... Almost exclusively, we have people who have done that. I would hope Perhaps so. Perhaps even recently. But maybe, hey, if, if that has never been your thing before or if dive bars uh, aren't, aren't a plenty in your neighborhood, I just will, I will say that is one of my favorite things. And I try to do it at least once in every city I travel to. Conversely, if, you're, if you think we're oftentimes a little foofy and that we do stuff that you're like, I would never sit and eat oysters with a white glove guy serving me wine. Give that a shot. Yeah. Just post up at a bar. You don't have to make a reservation. Yeah. Go sit at the bar if you're in the Twin Cities. Go to Spoon and Stable. Yep. Post up at the bar. Order a couple of really nice apps. Just get a, get a load of the environment. Kind of take it in. Um, you know, if it's, if it's within your means to do so. Mm-hmm. Just kind of give that, give that a whirl. I, this episode's all about trying stuff, right? Yeah. I will also trying to record outdoors. I will also throw it uh, as much <laughs> Tell as people drink Malort. <laughs> <laughs> as much as it's uh, it's gotten beaten up for being stodgy and old. I would say the same thing about like a nice steakhouse. Old steakhouses are dope. Yeah, go go Hey, s- that's a that's a perfect combination, isn't it? Yeah. Go to Mancini's. Yep. Get the way too chilled martini but that is absolutely delicious. Little chunks the of ice bread. like little little shattered shards of ice yes, floating yes, on top. Still in there. Yep. You know, the old uh, waiter or waitress who is a little raspy. The steak that is oftentimes fabulous, sometimes overdone. It's it's, it's a great experience. It's, yeah, absolutely. Old steakhouses. Old steakhouses. Those are three different experiences. One lands somewhere right in the middle. Mm-hmm. All worthwhile, I think. Write a first refusal. Maybe you'll hate it. It's okay. You can <laughs> yell at us. Don't send me the bill, though. No, just send, send it to Quan. Just send me what. T- tell me why you hated it. That's what I <laughs> yeah, want to know. We want to. You loved or why you loved or hated it. And, and just remember my advice. Even <laughs> if the meal sucks, there's always a story. You just have to find the story. Yeah. Let us know if you meet any uh, widows that are <laughs> trying to admit what they've just done. <laughs> I'm just right down here. I'm, I'm building a house down here, but I also build a house in North Carolina. So I'm just trying to figure out what to do. And you know, I just I like coming down here, and I, I like the atmosphere. And uh, oh. Oh, hon, let me let me get a cheeseburger. Uh, what what kind of cheese? Just American. And what's this lettuce, onion, 
no, just none, none of it. Just a dry, a dry bun. Just she, I couldn't. She was drinking like a nineteen dollar glass <laughs> wine. Yeah, <laughs> and she likes smash burgers. No, she just wanted Damn. a well, well done, dried out burger with American <laughs> cheese. It was amazing. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of burgers, but some of which are highly rated. We'll put that in, in uh, fear quotes, scare quotes. <laughs> what, one last thing I want to say since I, I picked my own party like an asshole. Um, <laughs> one last thing I want to say about why I adored my party was that because of the rain, we expected to be outdoors. And for long stretches in the beginning, we had just a lot of people in our home. And that's something that we haven't experienced in a long time. We went so long with nobody coming in our house for any reason that – the pets were confused and delighted. Bogey was, my dog Bogey was fucking exhausted at the end of the night and had to pee like every 30 minutes because he was so excited with all the people petting him and throwing his toy for yep. him, his, his little burrito and, <laughs> and playing with him and chasing him around the house that he, I don't know who's more excited, him or me, but it was that part of the experience for me, like looking around my home that to me that like makes my, I know, like, my little family, obviously, we see each other all the time. We have our home. We feel comfortable. I, I love looking across the um, I love looking across the kitchen and, you know, seeing my wife helping me cook, doing some me's. And then the dog is asking for scraps, even though he ain't going to get any. And the cat's perched up on the counter, swatting at the dog. I love that, but I see that every day. But I miss having my extended family around me. People milling around, like I kept doing. I was doing a spinning around, taking videos in the kitchen, like real quick videos. Just look, I'm so happy. My friends are here. <laughs> my uh, between that dinner at Petit Leon and then the Negroni party here, uh, I was I remembered very very vividly how much I love the sound of voices. The uh, Petit Leon is a it's an old building <laughs> yeah. with tall ceilings. It's got uh, the the old school um, like uh, stamped tin. Uh, roof going yes. on and it was full when we got there and we sat down and I just took a deep breath and for like 10 seconds I just took in that like that noise where everyone is talking but you can't make out a single word that anyone is saying it's just that it's the that, cacophony of the voices ca- cacophony of the crowd the 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 din of humans and I love it and then again when everybody kind of showed up when the last few people that were coming showed up I took a step back in the corner and I did the same thing. I just closed my eyes for a second and listened. And it's such a, I don't know, it's such a, a, an integral part of my life and has been for so long going back to, you know, junior high and high school that, uh, I, I really, really missed that sound and it was beautiful to get to hear it organically again. And I will continue chasing down moments where I can have that until I get sick of it. And I don't know if I will. And it isn't for everyone. We know that. Yep. Like some people probably enjoyed the long stretches of silence, but I think even for some of those people, it's it probably comes as a, a comforting feeling to have just be surrounded by like people enjoying themselves. You know, feelings of happiness, being yep. surrounded by quality, like happy emotions, is just something that I think we can all appreciate. Absolutely. Even if it's just a little bit. Even if you're one of those people who's like, nope. That's it. Ten minutes. I got to go. And we're done. <laughs> I had my beer. <laughs> I'm going to go home. Hang on with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which also a very, very wonderful thing to do. Hey. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to fucking that. Skull. Oh, yeah. This is pleasant. It's wonderful. I'm sipping whiskey, drinking some Hellas. 
Smoking some cigars. Smoking a cigar. Can't beat it. This is what I want to be doing on a Tuesday night anyways. But we're recording it. My turn. Holla. Oh, this is a good one for you. So I'm glad I'm asking. <laughs> what concert are you looking forward to the most? First of all, we know that cannot be a single concert. It can only be concerts. Uh, Fair. Do you got tickets stacked up? I, yeah. Yeah. You got stacks of tickets? I do. Uh, full disclosure, I do work for a wonderful brewery called Surly Brewing here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, probably the closest that I've ever gotten to being emotional during a work meeting was uh, working out, uh, extending our partnership through 2022 with uh, the First Avenue Group. Uh, for those of you not in the Twin Cities area, uh, First Avenue is the uh, music club made famous in Purple Rain. Uh, to those of you who have been to Minneapolis, I hope you've seen a show there. And if you haven't, please do. Their family has grown to, I believe, seven uh, venues that they book concerts for now. Yeah. And uh, we got everything set. And then, uh, you know, we had to figure out which shows we were going to sponsor. So I went home that night and started going through all the concerts. And I may have spent like two or $300 on concert tickets. And I'm, I'm just so jazzed. Uh, Patty Smith is playing at Surly in the beginning of August. She's been on my bucket list for a long time. Uh, also on my bucket list. I didn't even know that. Pretty high up, like in my top five that I haven't seen. Uh, Dan and Gene Ween are going to play at Surly. Oh, I knew that. So okay. those were already happening, and I'm mm -hmm. beyond tickled about that. Um, there's a, a soft-spoken acoustic performer named Peter Bradley Adams that I have loved for decades and I have pushed people to get into and somehow I've never seen him live and he's playing at the 7th Street Entry which is the uh, side room of First Ave uh, capacity. I haven't is... seen a show in there for a very long oh, time. Man. It's I been a while. Capacity is what, like 200 people tops? Yeah, it's tiny. Uh, so very I love, intimate. Yeah, I love that. Um, uh, two friends of mine who uh, used to tour around, I should say one friend of mine and one guy I know, uh, were a acoustic duo called Story Hill. They are getting back together and doing sort of a reunion show at the Palace Theater. Or no, sorry, at the Fitzgerald Theater. I'm very excited about that. If you like uh, acoustic music, please go check them out. Story Hill, they have three or four live albums. They have a bunch of studio albums too. The live albums are where it's at because you get the best glimpse of kind of who they are. But two humans that aren't related whose voices were meant to be together. Uh, it's impossible to not get like Simon and Garfunkel vibes when they sing together. I love it. Uh, gore, bad religion. Gore's gore coming to town December 9th, baby. Oh shit, Jenny, gore. Jenny, get the dress. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> she's not going to dress up for this one, but she's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she maybe still had the twenty dollars Target dress. <laughs> oh no, that one died that night, but it was worth it. It was a, a, a wonderful <laughs> sacrifice. Uh, yeah, uh, Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio are playing. I'm super stoked about that. Uh, and then one other person uh, that I don't know if anybody out there knows. Uh, there's a gentleman called Roger Klein. His band is called The Peacemakers. They are doing a two-night set at the Turf Club uh, right before Thanksgiving. Um, Roger, Klein, Roger Klein and the band Lord Huron, to me, are what like the Southwest sounds like when I think of like lonely cowboys just cruising through the plains with, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> a flagon of whiskey on the back of the horse and just sitting at a lonely campfire. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I, I feel that way. I mean, that's definitely like where he lives, but for some reason that's the sound that I hear when I hear their music. 
Um, and it can be the rockinest, insane, let's all put our drinks in the air song and everybody sings along with the chorus. Mm-hmm. Or it can be like the saddest, I'm alone in a desert song. And, and I fucking love that dude. And I'm very excited uh, to get to go see him again because uh, he was actually with me and got me hammered on shitty wine the night that I turned 21. And now all these years later, I'm going to get to go see him again. Nice. I just realized I need to start a, a Western metal band called Flag and Slayer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I read a tweet this week that uh, Mumford and Sons should just be called Imagine Wagons, and I have not stopped thinking about it for five <laughs> straight days. <laughs> it's like the most. I hate when I, I see that. You were just waiting to tell somebody, oh and now God. you just told a lot of people. Oh, it's the best. I, I, five straight days. I've just been angry because I've never thought of anything more perfect than that. Yeah, that's great. You just told a thousand people that. <laughs> That's a, that's a joke that needs further dispersal. I, more people should understand that that is a great fucking joke. Okay. What well, about you, uh, man? Out of the, but hold on. Out of oh. that bunch, just tell me the one that you're most geeked about. Just just be like, this one's really got me excited. Um, yeah, yeah, God. I want to say it's Roger Klein, but that's for nostalgia purposes. I think it's Peter Bradley Adams because I have – forced so many people to listen to him over the years and it's shameful that i've never seen him like i cool. it's literally like the softest quietest saddest so music i've ever seen him for the first time yeah, I'm just, and, yeah and the fact that the first time i see him like he used to headline in like the main room you know to like a thousand or two thousand people sure and the fact that i'm going to see him for the first time in front of 200 is pretty cool and being six foot five, it means in Seventh Street entry, everywhere is a perfect seat for me. Sure. So I'll just figure out where the music, like where the sound is the best, and then I'm just right. going to stand there and probably not move and maybe get a little bit emotional. I, I he also I get really excited about this. I found I found him not because I heard a song on the radio or because somebody told me about him or anything. Back in the day when. Um, when before like internet radio was a thing and, and everybody was trading music everywhere, I would go and I would click through all of the CDs in a music store and I would wait for like a band name to jump out at me or a, like a cover to jump out at me. It's the reason for you to click play. Yeah. Like yeah. tell me why I should buy your album. And uh, he used to be in a, a duo called East Mountain South, all one word. And uh, the little sticker that they put on it, like, you know, where they give like a little blurb about what it is, the the A&R guys trying to get you to buy it, wasn't like, oh, check these guys out. They're this. It was just a quote from Robbie Robertson from the band. And all it said was, this is what music sounded like 50 years ago. This is what music sounds like now. And this is what music will sound like 50 years from now. And I was like, all right, if Robbie Robertson would put a quote like that on this band I've never heard of that doesn't have a song on the radio... I'll check it out. And it's breathtaking because of how he crafts songs. Okay. So they didn't oversell it? No. It's to this day, uh, there is a song. uh, Well, there's a couple songs on there, but there is one song particularly on that album that is still on a playlist. It's never left. I've never gotten sick of it in almost 20 years. It still just is there. Dig it. Well, I've only recently become comfortable with the idea of live music, but I am in pro wrestling and yeah. all the things that I love to go do live and throngs of people that I don't know with 
germs that came from places I don't know about. People are gross. <laughs> However, today, I finally found that concert that Ooh. really tickled my fancy. We recently released a beer at Falling Knife called Rational Gaze. It was a collaboration with uh, Ology in Tallahassee, Florida. Fucking awesome dudes. Excellent beer. If it can even still be found, this isn't even a plug. And I, of course, did the artwork for it. And I, I collaborate with clients and, and other artists and stuff on a lot of work. Or sorry, uh, with my uh, employees and, and freelancers and stuff to do a lot of work. I did that one all by myself. And it's called Rational Gaze because that's the name of a Meshuggah song. And it was just something that occurred to Dan Herman, one of the owners. It's called Spear Rational Gaze. And we are so hot and heavy and frenzied with coming out with brands that I was just like, yep, okay, let's do it. Let's lock in on that. Let's do that. And then, of course, the artwork is very, like, uh, steampunk, cyber, sci-fi, Meshuggah-y. So I was listening to Meshuggah while I worked on it. You can tell if you look at the art. You can look it up online or you can see it on a store shelf or maybe you have it in your refrigerator if you're local. And it just got me on a wild hair. Meshuggah is one of my favorite metal bands of of all time. You know, they're like the masters of gent and and they're like highly observed as being one of the most technical metal bands on earth and one of my favorite bands at all of all time is converge those two bands are somehow touring together and will be here in march next march fuck yeah tickets go on sale later this week but seeing that like dude (laughs) mushiga and converge and my buddy who posted it said, does it have to be at the myth? Because it's at the myth. And I was like, <laughs> it's one of those. There's, I've, gone to, I've gone to the myth for concerts, but only when it doesn't matter where you are, where you're transported to another place. The last band I saw there was, uh, I saw Ghost there. It did not matter where I was. They took me somewhere else. Like they, they turned it into a spaceship and we were in fucking outer space. And that's exactly what is going to happen when Meshuggah and Converge play the same show. I, saw, I don't even know who you decide who headlines that, but I guess it's Meshuggah because they are the bigger band, especially internationally. But yeah. Converge is a big fucking deal. Yeah. And it's not like they're always touring. So the two of those bands playing together, I've been fantasizing about it all day. Like, oh, That's going to be amazing. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, I mean, I talk, I, I sounded like I was talking shit there, but like, I mean, I saw Elvis Costello there and it was a fantastic show. Yeah, they can get some good, they can get some good, bands on bills there for sure i think i need to explore a little more too beyond that i need to poke around and and open myself up to the idea of going to see live music i don't always i i have eccentric tastes i do like stuff that other people like but most of what i'm obsessive about are bands that don't necessarily come here they don't necessarily come to the twin cities yeah. and it's not that it's a bad market i mean tool always comes here they make it a point to come to the Twin Cities, but I listen to a lot of metal, um, and not a lot of great metal bands seem to come here. We don't have venues that invite them, so they're not a big part of their circuit. Yep. So it's hey, I'm gonna dap up the myth for putting that show on. I don't. That's probably the heaviest shit I've ever seen build there. Yeah, for sure. I would also totally go to that show with you. Let's go. That'd be amazing. Let's do it. I'll buy. I'll I'll fucking buy like ten tickets. I don't care. Yeah, it's rage. I want to go. I'm sure Marnie will go like to go with me, but Marnie Marnie will watch and enjoy Converge on my behalf. She'd be like, "You're really enjoying this. This is one of your favorite bands," <laughs> but she won't 
you know, she's not going to be like, oh, I get it now. Actually, no, hold on. Let me qualify that. There's There are a few songs that I think are like packed with emotion and are like slowed, slowed down that I think she'd be like, wow, that was very moving. But a lot of it is, you know, listen to Jane Doe, which is one of my top three albums of all times. That is, uh, that's brutal. It's the most yeah. guttural. It's the most like, I know when people think of soulful music, they think of like uh, emotions like like love and loss. But for me, bands like Converge are soulful, but in a very different way. Yeah. And I know not everybody understands that. But when you're in a certain mind space and you can resonate with it, you feel that you can totally. get you can get on that wavelength. That type of music for me makes me feel things that are like deep in my heart. There's a when you're talking about Marnie. There's a, a line in a uh, Kay's Choice song, uh, 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 brother and sister. I guess they were a duo, and then they got a band around them. Uh, they were from the Netherlands, and uh, I was super obsessed with them when I lived in Europe. And that uh, they have a, a line from a song. It's uh, "Teach me how you watch this game. I want to see it the way you see it through your magical frame." Like uh, you mentioned this, yeah. Like on that's a prior. Episode, yeah, that's actually. like that's yes. still a thing. I yeah, love yeah. when I see people do that. Like I don't, I don't get it, but like I want to see it. I'm watching the person that I love right next to me see it through their frame and i want to try and see it through your eyes and i think that's a really cool thing that people do for each other like that's not going to be my thing but like i want to do it because you want to do it and if it makes you happy then that will make me happy and i think that's a really kind of a beautiful sentiment for for any couple or any friendship honestly to have yeah i mean so marnie i think is open to those experiences but I'm like I'm very open to them. Like I dig her Nora Jones, and yeah. I'll go to anything like that and and absorb it, and enjoy it, and then find the things that I love about it. Uh, she took me to see one of my favorite Swedish black metal bands that isn't going to do a lot more touring because those guys are getting up in years. But she took me to she bought tickets to Catatonia at the Fine Line. This is like four or five years ago, where you know we weren't like starting out our relationship, but it was early enough on that I was like, really, you're going to go to a, a black metal show with me? But it was, it was fucking cool. That was most of my enjoyment of it was that she wanted to be there with me. So I really appreciated that because I've seen them before, but I've never seen them with her mm-hmm. and for her to be there with me. I don't know how much of it she remembers or if I played some of the songs they played that night, if she'd be like, Oh yeah, I remember when they played the song, but it was just, that's moving for me that she wanted to be there with me and, and enjoy it. But I will also say that doesn't, if, if she doesn't want to come to Convergent Michigan, that's okay too. Absolutely. I don't need it. I don't need it, but it's nice when you get it. That's, that's the thing. And and like, you know, I would say the same thing to Jenny. Like it would be impossible for her to try and exist going to all of the shows that I want to go to. And they're not, they're not all that special. There's some shit that I just really like. And like, cool, you don't sure, have to come. try this out. But the stuff that I'm like, this is really important to me. I love that she's there for this, me with that. The same thing with us. When I came with you to the show, yeah. we went to uh, the band. I always forget the Big Rack. Yeah. Big Rack. Yeah. When we went to that, you were like, do you want to come with me to a show? And you asked me at like 9 p.m. Yeah. Knowing probably that I'd be like, I sure. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and I had a blast. You yeah. know, like I don't necessarily resonate with their music. <laughs> uh, so today someone posted, I know we're going a lot of asides, but who gives a shit? A friend posted on Facebook uh, this question, and I was like, oh, maybe I should write that down for us. But the question was, what band do you think is better live than they are recorded? 
the first time I ever heard anything of theirs that I that I know yeah. of yeah. was that show, yeah. and I was like, wow, these guys are uh, showmen. They're having a great time up there. You can really see their like. The way that they they, they really uh, all become like a unit yep. when they play together, and then I listened to them after, and I was like, I don't oh. dislike it, but watching them live, I really loved their sound and their vibe together in in that environment. It's a very real thing. I They're was, like such a live band to me, anyway. Oh, totally, dude. And I was so excited because last week I saw uh, new music from Big Wreck, and I was like, what? Yes. I didn't even know it was coming. I click on the link and, you know, like everybody's just releasing singles right now. Like it's not a lot of people are putting out whole albums. Okay, people are eking stuff out. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, it was a new single. And I was like, new single for Big Wreck. Sweet. Featuring Chad Kroger. Oh, oh God Jesus. damn it. And I get it. They're all Canadian and they're all roughly around the same age. I'm sure they're all boys. And I I don't know if I've ever really gone all the way down the rabbit hole, but I, I did spend an evening hanging out with all of Nickelback. And the rest of the guys in the band are actually pretty cool. Chad Can't was great. You that on the air. I, there's photographic proof, and one of my coworkers <laughs> keeps reposting the pictures, so I'm never going to live it down. Look at this photograph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, I actually I introduced... <laughs> I'm sorry for doing that to you. No, no. Even in like the corniest way I could. I, I introduced... I introduced uh, Mom, sing something else. Take it out of their brains. <laughs> I introduced Nickelback. <laughs> Uh, to the crowd as, ladies and gentlemen, the band in the world, Nickelback, because I didn't want to give him a compliment. Oh, you said the band in the world? I just said the band in the world. Womp, womp. You really crugged that one. Yeah, uh, it was great. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to say anything good. I, I, I can't. Uh, but whatever. He, he outed himself as a douchebag at the end of the night. So my, my dislike of him still stands. But. I gave it like a minute and I'm like, I can't, fuck, I can't. You're right. They're just a better live band. Uh, I, I feel the same way about Prince. I, uh, if I could have live recordings of all the shows that I went to, I would listen to his entire catalog. Okay. There are still multiple albums that I don't listen to because I don't like that era of Prince. As I've grown older, okay. different albums have shown themselves to me. Uh, I did not, when the Rainbow Children came out, I did not understand it. Right. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't get it. And now changed, I love it. It changed for you. Yeah. Right, some combination there, Ryan. But his, uh, like the new album that's coming out, uh, I believe they're calling Welcome to America. That is early 2000s Prince, and I do not like that era. Okay. It's, so you know you're not going to like it. I know I'm not going to like it, and I'm probably still going to buy it. I'll try, yep. but it's just going to bother me. Because it's just, he went through so many different sounds, and they're not all going to work for you. Like any good band will go through a number of different versions and sounds and some are going to be your favorite some are going to be your new favorite some you're just not going to vibe with that is an era that i just i don't i don't dig and that's okay Okay. but all of those songs when i when i heard some of them live they're incredible because it was great live and then you go back and you're like oh so you kind of you got it in the moment like you understood it there's a um there's another sweet little like punk band i think they're originally from minneapolis and now they Mm -hmm. live in brooklyn um they're called Fuck. I'm losing it. Fuck em. That's a great name. <laughs> fuck fuck I'm losing band? it. That's what they're called. Sounds like a punk band. Uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up in real time. I, I don't usually use my phone. I usually leave that to you. <laughs> yeah, and I don't bring my laptop usually. So. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Tiny Moving Parts. That's what they're called. Okay. They're a three-piece that I thought was a five-piece. And then I went and saw them live. They played with the Menzingers. And I saw them at the Varsity Theater. And this motherfucker plays lead and sings 
and the amount of noise that that three-piece puts out, the only time I've ever been that blown away was when I actually saw what the white stripes or what the black keys looked like. When it was, that's a two-piece? How is that possible? Oh. So he <laughs> not only plays ridiculously like fast punk pop chords, but he also finger taps the entire time while he's singing. And it fucked me up. Like I, most of that set, everybody else was jumping up and down and singing, and I was standing and staring with my mouth open because I had never seen anybody work a guitar like that. And it was amazing. I went home. I'd never heard of him. I went home, and I bought two records. I'm like, I'm going to get so down to this. And there's like four songs that I really like because it's, you know, they chop them down to two and a half or three minutes, and it's just punk pop. And in a studio, it sounds like that's just three different guitars playing, which it probably is. Sure. But seeing him do it live blew my fucking mind. So if any of you out there, if time, Tiny Moving Parts comes through your, your hood and you're into catchy punk music at all, go check them out because they're fucking great. Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. His shit is so, his shit is so intricate that uh, when they put out a single and they put out a music video, he also puts out just him, uh, uh, an instructional of just him playing guitar along with the song so that you can see how he plays the parts that he does. Cool. <laughs> That's fucking cool. That's like, uh, there's a, a metal band called Rings of Saturn that people didn't believe actually played the music that they play because it's so fucking frenetic and chaotic that when you so you know you can see them live or see a, a, a video of them playing live but they also have youtube videos of them performing their songs which is almost like <laughs> it's like a guitar hero yeah. on master or whatever the highest <laughs> difficulty is like yep look look we're actually we are it's us like we're, we're not speeding it up <laughs> like when when the kid in the crowd wants to do the guitar solo hands only they're actually doing that to play it <laughs> absolutely well cheers yeah Cheers to live music. Hey, do we have a... Letting everybody know what's going on. As we're in the garage, do we have another beer out here? Uh, I am going to skip out of here and grab another one. <laughs> right. But let's, uh, let's get this question out first. I think you're... Are you asking a question? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So new or old right now, mm -hmm. if you could go somewhere and eat that you haven't eaten since 2020 happened... Where where are you next lusting to go? Again, it's funny that how the sausage is made. I came up with most of the questions mm -hmm. today because, you know, we have this general concept of talking about our enjoyment of things and returning to being able to do things that we love to do. I, I didn't come in with a good answer. So I actually am consulting again with the uh, sometimes you do this. I do. You, which you, well, what you just said about me consulting my my phone for notes. I do keep a notepad, more type A shit of like, I have a, I have a thing on Evernote called eat this. Mm -hmm. That's also, that's not just a type A thing. That's also an ADHD thing. So that five minutes from now, thing to do. I can remember what the fuck I thought of. And whenever I get inspired, I have one for t-shirts. I have one for jokes. I haven't done stand up comedy in over 10 years. I still have a, a notepad open for random jokes that I can get excited about. I don't think any, anyone ever called me type A until uh, the opera plot ladies were on <laughs> and there was a comparison between the two of us that, oh, so you're type A too. And I was like, wait, is that, <laughs> is it, am I, is that me? <laughs> can yeah, I, I have notepads. I have notepads for everything. I you have should just, hundreds of them. You should start spelling it t-a-i-p-e-i -E he's like no i'm type a oh that would bother me because i'm type a <laughs> <laughs> i think we got our answer <laughs> jesus 
So I have I have I have this uh, notepad. It's called Eat This. I have places I want to go that I haven't been. Places to return to, and then I have qualifiers. Like I have burgers. Like everyone's doing smash burgers. So many people are doing smash burgers, and I've tried several. I afford myself a burger a week. I've been eating healthy since February. You look good. And now I want to like let loose a little bit. So I have burgers that I'm happy to enjoy. I've tried a lot of them. I would say if I'm going to consult this, the place that makes... So a couple of places make a lot of sense. Suki and Mimi, you know, we had... Mm-hmm. We had Gorski on. We did. And I would love to just come uh, browse his wares and try the food there and stuff. That's a no-brainer. I'm sure a lot of people want to do that here in the Twin Cities. But what I'm going to say actually is I uh, have a little group of, I have a lot of little groups of pals that I smoke cigars with. I smoke cigars with a group of fellas on Wednesdays at a place here in Minneapolis, not far from George Floyd Square. It's called Bungalow Club. And I have not dined there, but I've smoked cigars there multiple times now. And the chef, Andrew Kraft, often as such a great host and in the vein of being like a classic Italian entrepreneur and chef will bring out like seemingly to him they're no big deal but brings out trays of meats and 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 cheeses and breads like they make all their own breads like this amazing mm-hmm. focaccia and all these little trinkets treats pickles salty things mustards and I'm like, dude, I, I gotta eat here. I gotta. How haven't I eaten here yet? Yep. And I say it to him, I, you know, I'm like, I feel bad. How, how the fuck have I not eaten here yet? So I, I gotta make it a point in the coming weeks, very soon, to go dine there. They do a lot of fun theme nights. They do burger nights on Wednesdays. Sundays is their pasta night. Yeah, one of the best pastas I've ever had. Dude, they make everything. Yep. They. Uh, they they do uh, all the all all styles of pasta they make in house, which not a lot of people have been doing until recently. They've always been doing. It. He's telling me the machine that they use to extrude. So that thing barely keeps up, man. We we make that thing work. Shout out, to, have, uh, shout out to the homie Natal Anderson. I don't believe she's still there, but back in the day uh, when they first opened, she was there. And I would watch her uh, Instagram and I would see what she's basically like her Instagram was half her powerlifting and then the other half was her making pasta. And uh, the powerlifting would like remind me to like go work out. And then the pasta would be like, this is why you should go work out. Yeah. And uh, I finally got down there. And of course, it just happened to be like the night that she was off. But mm-hmm. it honestly, it, it was truly some of the best pasta that I've ever had in my life, not just in uh, the Twin Cities, but but anywhere. It was spectacular. I'm super excited to dine there and my buddy Paul who Paul Bunhoff who also is a future guest of the program told me last week when I was talking to Andrew I was like send me that Sunday menu for your pasta day I want to just see see what's on there and you know see see what what I'm getting into here and of course pre-buy the whole goddamn menu which is what I always <laughs> do but Paul so Andrew goes inside and it was just Paul and I outside he's like dude they have a, a menu option at the bottom, that's $50 per person. He says, it doesn't say this, but it's the fuck me up option. He's like, do that. Just do that. They'll, they'll fucking destroy you. So that's going to be my plan is I absolutely want to do that and explore their menu. Here's the other thing. The nicest thing I can say about that place is, and I told Andrew this as well, the patio, beautiful, uh, verdant. There's 
vines and plants growing everywhere. They have this really beautiful like pergola with like fogged glass. I can't imagine sitting there when it's raining. I haven't done it yet, but I would love to sit out there while it's raining, just right in the middle at a nice patio table and smoke a cigar, eat dinner, whatever. It's a beautiful patio. Yep. And then the inside, when I went in there the first time to use the facilities, uh, the the tile and all the like built-in shelves and stuff, it reminded me so resoundingly of my aunt uh, Jacqueline's restaurant in Lebanon. The smell... The patio, the way the patio looks, the way the inside looks, it very much like took me back to Jaron, Lebanon, and yeah, it made me think of my aunt's restaurant. How amazing I, is that? I told him that too. I said it smells like her restaurant. He's like, "Is that a good thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude. Like something about the it must be like maybe the cleaning stuff that they use. It smells just like my aunt's restaurant." So I was in there. I kind of stood in the dining room last week when I was there. Kind of closed my eyes and I was like, "Oh man, I gotta." I got to dine here. I got to bring my mom here. I got to bring Marnie's parents are equidescent to us. Like we should bring them there. So that, that's my answer. That's where I want to go. Ooh, I like that. <clears throat> I think mine is a, mine's an, mine's an old one. Um, I am, uh, I am notoriously honest. I would say when it comes to what people, when, when people want to mourn a restaurant that, uh, that closes and, uh, you know, like some, they'll they'll put up on Facebook, like, "Oh man, I can't believe this place is is getting shut down." And I'll always be like, "When was the last time you were there? Like, when is the last time that you supported that place?" Uh, we used to have a, a incredibly iconic bar in Northeast Minneapolis called Nye's Polonaise Room, and it was like Captain Kirk, like old school William Shatner, Captain Kirk quit. Starfleet and just opened up his own bar and then became the lounge singer. That was what this place looked like. And I lived across the street from it. And all these people, when it, when it finally closed and it was going to become a condo building, all these people were mourning it. And I'm like, I was there three nights a week and I never saw any of you. You know, if you haven't been there in four or five years, then you can't say that you're really angry that it's getting closed down. And we have a, a restaurant in downtown Minneapolis called the 112 Eatery. And I feel like I became that person uh, when COVID hit and all the restaurants shut down. There were a lot of rumors going around that they didn't know if that was ever going to come back and that that might be one of the casualties because it's incredibly intimate. It reminds me a lot of like some of my favorite places on like the lower East side or in like park slope, Brooklyn. It's, it's intimate. All the tables are on top of each other. The bar has five seats. It's, <clears throat> it's the kind of place that was built to not be able to make it in a COVID world. And uh, they were the first place that I ever knew that did late night food so that the service industry could still go somewhere and have something incredible. They had this lamb bolognese that was to die for. All of their desserts were incredible. And they had my first favorite cheeseburger when cheeseburgers became kind of like gourmet. And it had, it was on an English muffin and it had an egg on it. And at midnight or 1230, when you crushed into a burger from 112, you knew that no matter how bad that night was, you were going to be all right. You were going to be just fine because 112 was there for you. And what I loved about 112, what I love about 112 is that the service was still on par. They didn't treat you like you were second class because you just got done working and you looked shitty and you had sauce all over you. They were happy that you were in and they treated you absolutely incredible. 
And I realized when there was a possibility that that wasn't going to reopen that I hadn't been to 112 in three years. And I was so mad at myself because how dare I, after saying that to other people and truly believing it, how dare I try and mourn that when I haven't been there supporting them? And now that they're reopening, that that's where I I have to go. Um, Jenny and I have only had like late night food there. We've never gone on a date there. Uh, I I I love that place so much, and it's such a part of the fabric of my first like six or seven years downtown, where like the idyllic portion of my twenties when I don't think about the irresponsibility and the train wreck that I made my life into, when I think back of like the really happy, the happiest moments, 112 is absolutely the thread that ties a lot of that fabric together because that was where we could go when we still wanted to feel like we were people. You know, I could go to any dive bar and get wrecked and half of them I could stay after hours till four in the morning and, and get real weird. But 112, the servers would still come up and take care of you. They would speak to you like you're not you're not just getting out of the worst thing ever. You're just a kind human who's coming in to sit down. And I for the rest of my life, I will love them for that. I'll support any other restaurants they open. But 112 is is what I'm dreaming of on this. The very night of this recording, in fact, Cameron Bourne, who we bring up at times on this podcast, friend great, of great the friend podcast. Of mine, he uh, he is bringing his wife there for the first time. She's never been there tonight. Oh. They're there right now. And if we were going to talk about places we'd return to, I would say the Isaac Becker restaurants. Okay. Like basically, you know, snack bar is new. I've been there. It's good. But Bar La Grassa, the, the, the specter. So when Birch closed and that place is so dear to my heart, I took money there for Valentine's day, like four years in a row. I, I'm going to miss that place an awful lot. The specter of all the rest of his restaurants closing was mortifying yep. i was like no 112 and blg in particular like i could not i mean obviously yeah you can bear it but i didn't want to have to deal with that i didn't want them to close so knowing they were reopening was oh, thank cthulhu i i need to and those are places again with me saying i want two dinner reservations a night i i need to go back to all those spots and like blg i bar la Grassa is somewhere that i also very much love uh, my last experience there was pretty bad, and I swore I would never go back. But um, really, COVID has changed my views on a lot of things, and I also needed to take myself out of my own personal experience and say that the human being that made that experience so atrocious may or may not even be there anymore. And it's not the restaurant I was mad at. It's not any of the other employees I was mad at. It was uh, one in particular manager. And <clears throat> I had to get over myself, too. You know, I, I try to not have a big ego, but like I do every, every now and then. And when somebody offends me, it takes a lot for me to get really angry. But when I'm actually offended by something that you've done or said, it takes a long time to get out of that. And what I realized was the only person I was hurting in that situation was myself because I, I will say, I know for a fact that person isn't there anymore. And so you can't kill someone else by poisoning yourself. Correct. The only person you poison is you. I've so, been there. I've been there probably thirty times, and have never had a poor experience. Which doesn't mean it's impossible. I think people people have poor experiences at every restaurant. That's that's unfortunate, but it is. You know, it's worthy of returning to and trying again. Yeah, and again, it wasn't. It was because they went after my mom, and that's just sorry, man. <laughs> you, you don't win in that scenario. 
my mom and I can say whatever we want to each other, but when somebody else says something to my mom, we're we're just not going to do that. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but I, anyway, that, again, that was I had a, I had a beef with another human being that I was deciding was on a grander scale, and uh, the the specter of not having a restaurant around really made me realize that, and you know, like we're not perfect. I I am in no way, shape, or form even close to that. I am a slave sometimes to my emotions and I can go hot or I can go cold on things. And I also need to realize that, hey, when I when I make a really sweeping call that maybe every now and then I need to think about that and reassess do it what was it really that that I was mad about or, you know, was it something else? And when that happens, then I think the best thing we can do is just try and learn and try and grow. Yeah, and I think uh again, with the theme of giving Giving things a try. Yeah. That I think it's going to be cathartic oh, for you to return. I know it will be. I know that there are – so even <laughs> catharsis, in terms of – Catharsis comes with heaping bowls of pasta, man. It's going to oh, be man. good. It There's with foie gras tortellini you can't and salted caramel crispels. Yeah. Oh, baby. You can't only get place, Only place I always order a dessert, the salted caramel crispel. I'm not a I'm not a desserty guy, but if they're fucking elite, I will order like I'll you know my my wife loves them so yeah let's do a dessert. But there it even pre Marnie I can't go there without ordering the salted caramel crispel. Mm. And actually I I had at that place many years ago I had a negative experience when I took my brother there for for his birthday and this waiter was just like inflexible about it was only like ten dudes, but he's really inflexible about. You know, splitting things up and and so, but I was, I woosahed it, sorted it out, came back again, and I was like, oh wait, this place is spectacular. Like one person can't ruin an entire, basically not an establishment, but like a, a enterprise. And that's, I think we've all had those <clears throat> those negative experiences at various places in the Twin Cities or anywhere else. It's it's trickier actually when it's not in your own town because you know you'll never go back, right? When it yeah. happens to you in another yeah. town, you're like, well, shit, I came all the way here for this, <laughs> or I'll just eighty six the city. <laughs> right. But uh, so the great thing about one twelve, you know, it, it very much was the kind of place that people who worked in the service industry nearby that was a that was the place that people like Cameron who is going there tonight with Colleen for the first time for her first time. He used to work directly across the street for many years at Saffron, and that's where he'd go after work. He'd pop right across the street. And, you know, it's it's a thing. A lot of people are looking at the shortage of employees in the service industry, and there's myriad reasons why it happens. But if you're not – if you've never worked in the service industry, you should also know that it weighs on you after a while, that night after night you have to have – if you do a really good job, you'll still have three to four people that will ask you when you're going to get a real job because you're not currently working. And that's that's the way that you're treated. And 112 was such a great is I shouldn't I keep saying was is such a great antidote to that. To you, it was yeah. yeah like in that in the time in your life, in, the, in that time of my life, that was the one place that I knew I could go, and somebody would treat me like a human being. And I will forever love them for that. And I will forever love Isaac Becker's group because I think that that's what they foster. And that might have been why I was so angry about that experience at Bar Grassa because I'm like. I could get this other places, but like, you're not supposed to be that, you know, and that, that is what it is. But at the end of the day, I'm just very excited to go back there. And then I'm probably going to go back later that night and then get that cheeseburger again. <laughs> Cause it's so goddamn good. 
Hell yeah. We doing a bump? We doing a shot we here? We should do a bump. Hey, let's go. Boom. Clinkies. Oh, yes. Sweeter than you. Uh, I believe. Where we at? Yeah, I believe this is you. Where are we at? Talking about celebrations, bitches. Celebrations. Hold on. I'm in a different file now. So also, can... uh, we are drinking some Prize Pragmatic Classic Pills. Oh, yeah. These 12-ounce cans, baby. This, this is, is my... Uh, it's life-giving. This is my favorite thing that uh, Prize Brewing makes. Praggy. Praggy. One of the brewers mentioned that to me when I was doing... Uh, I was shooting videos for something for the Brewers Guild. This is last summer sometime. One of the brewers called it Praggy. And I was like, oh, shit. Praggies. I was like, I named this beer and no one's told me. I didn't think of it. No one has told me that. And they're like, yeah, we call him Praggy. I was like, that's a really cool little nickname. Hey, sling me a Praggy. And yeah, now this comes in 12-pack, 12 12-ounce 12 cans, which is perfect. So number five. Number five. Number five. Uh, what didn't you get to celebrate last year that you're looking forward to being able to celebrate this year? Man. <laughs> it's a little deeper cut. <clears throat> it is. And I've I've talked a lot about the things that I've missed. Uh, that that 10-year trip to Norway, we're hoping will happen next year, but it's not going to happen this year. Uh, we're working on a couple different things. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. No, I, I, I want to celebrate this, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to or not, but... Uh, I, this is absolutely worth celebrating because when your friends do cool shit, it should make you feel as happy and as proud as, as can be. Um, a friend of mine going back to college uh, named Matt uh, had his wife pass away a day after they uh, had their, their child. And he, he was living in L.A. His family was in Minnesota. Her family was in the Midwest. And... Uh, he, he just started blogging about it. And this is, you know, uh, late 2000s. So, you know, blogs were a thing, but they aren't what they are now. And uh, he started blogging about it, and it got more and more popular as people were reading this newly widowed single father trying to figure out how to raise a baby on his own and all of the trials and tribulations that come along with that. And eventually, he's an incredible writer. I mean, this was not by accident, like... The way that he could articulate what he was going through was pretty incredible. And eventually, a publishing company asked if he would ever consider putting this out in a book. Right. And he did. And the book was called uh, Two Kisses for Maddie, um, a memoir of love and loss, I believe is the, the parenthetical underneath it. And uh, years later, he was approached and, and wondered, uh, a production company was asking if they could buy the rights to make a movie of it. And it was uh, Kevin Hart's company. And uh, recently the movie came out. It's called Fatherhood now. And the book has since been renamed Fatherhood. And Starring Kevin Hart. Starring Kevin Hart and Lil Ray Howery. Mm. And um, Alfre Woodward is magical. Oh, my God. She's fucking incredible. And uh, I, th- I think the last I saw was uh, 61 million people. Have watched it. It was the number one movie on Netflix. I watched for a it on few a plane weeks. on the way home. Um, fucking Public Enemy posted about it. Barack Obama posted about it. Oh, uh, and and Matt mm-hmm. is the sweetest fucking guy ever. And his wife Lizzie is absolutely incredible. 
and uh, Jenny and I happened to be in Iceland when they were on their honeymoon when they got married. And they were traveling through Europe, and we ended up both being in Iceland at the same time. And I just said, hey, I know you're on your honeymoon. Oh, yeah. But if you want to see some friends, like, Mm -hmm. let's hang out. And we ended up spending an entire evening together. And Jenny had never met either one of them. I had had only met Lizzie once in in really, really briefly in passing at a a charity event here. And, uh, you know, there's nothing that you can say that takes away from the loss that somebody can experience. But... uh, I'm really excited. I might, I might just be grabbing a fucking flight in August and flying out to L.A. so that I can celebrate that with him. Like we've we've been kicking it back and forth, and he's here at the beginning of August for a, a charity golf tournament for the charity that he started after his wife passed away to help uh, newly widowed people figure life out because it's impossible. And. Um, I, we, we've just been kicking around the idea. I haven't been out to L.A. in a long time. And I, they have another child on the way that's going to be uh, that's due in October. And I just thought, you know, what better time to fucking go holler at a friend and celebrate something than after going through all of that hardship to have the world turn around like this and have so many people reaching out and just saying, thank you. I needed somebody to tell me that it was going to be okay. Cause as sad as this is to think about every day that's happening to somebody and it's just fucking awesome. Uh, so I looked at it and mid to late August flights are pretty cheap. So I might just skip out to LA for three or four days. Uh, go see good friend of the podcast. We've referred to twice tonight. Uh, Nick Hempfer, go see, uh, uh, recent guest, Mr. Tony Fly. Yes. Uh, go see my surrogate kid sister, Nicole Fox, who is a producer for Fox. And, uh, and go hang out with Matt and just fucking give him a hug and say, hell yeah. Like, you are literally, like, changing the world for some people. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's dope. I watched that on a plane on the way home from San Diego, and uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. it. I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know all the particulars. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, it's tough trying to fit. Uh, an entire novel about that whole experience into an hour and a half of a movie. But I think that the thing that sticks with me is the heart of the whole thing was there and the story was there and I'm not going to go too in depth because it's not my story to tell, but they changed uh, two things in the back half of the movie. Okay. And I'm so happy because the two things they changed were tributes to people that I, I love very much. And it was just, you know, like when all that shit was coming together, we couldn't go to California. You couldn't go out there. Like I wanted to just go out and celebrate the fact that it was getting made and go hang out and, and say cheers, you know. But you, especially California took it so bad. And now that it's actually open, I, I think that might be a thing that I want to do. So yeah, when we were out there, we lucked out. We actually arrived in San Diego two days after San Diego opened up. And that was it was nice to experience California life yeah. as it is meant to be enjoyed. That's great though. I love that. I know that you know him. Uh, I, I didn't know that when I knew I wanted to watch it, but that sort of added like, Oh, that's fucking great. Like there's a connection there. Yeah. It's more, if you haven't seen it, it's more serious than you'd expect. Cause yep. it's Kevin Hart. You would almost think that it was going to be, Kevin Hart being, you know, bouncing around like a pinball and being a whack job. and <laughs> Being Kevin Hart. There's still some Kevin Hart in it, but it's uh, it's more serious than you expect. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. 
and it's it's worth experiencing. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you haven't seen it, check it out yeah. and just know it's a really, really good human and um, uh, the you know like <laughs> watching what's a small child in the movie turn into like almost a, a, an adult now is is wild to me. And that's beautiful, and and seeing where where Matt and Lizzie, and now they've they've added one child, and the second one is on the way, and it's it's just fucking cool, man. Like, I don't know, it's 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 a really tragic situation that unfortunately happens a lot, and for it to come around to what could, in my opinion, be probably the the most amazing and positive outcome out of that is enough to give you faith in a in a dark world. Uh, but Charles, what are you looking forward to celebrating? Once again, there's like a chorus of thoughts in my head about each of these inquiries regarding all that I want to accomplish and do and see and smell and taste and touch amongst our world currently. For me, and we've brought this up on the show before, I I mourned for people that couldn't have like things like their their wedding ceremony, yeah. their receptions, and there are things that are also deeply personal to me, like losing loved ones and not being able to have a celebration of life. Absolutely. Uh, but what I'm going to focus on is. Those loved ones of mine that uh, lost opportunities to celebrate things uh, in the our plane of existence, and that means that those friends of ours and myself included, and and for all of us that were unable to uh, have particularly weddings. You know, we lost. We had like seven or eight weddings to go to last year. Slate was wiped clean. I still encourage all those people. I actually, okay, this is now the third time we brought up Cameron. When I saw Cameron and Colleen at the Negroni party, I told them drunkenly, I don't recognize your union yeah, until... I was there for that. I was standing in between them. I get to celebrate it with you. <laughs> Even though that's a bunch of bullshit. I'm just being a smartass. What else is new? But uh, we have some friends of the podcast also, uh, Jeb Singer and, and Eden, who are going to redo they're gonna have their wedding ceremony their reception in september and i am so fucking excited i'm so fucking excited anybody who's doing that i'm i'm incredibly like plus for you i can't wait for it i don't need to be there i'll be rooting you on from afar there are weddings like right on the periphery that i'm mad i missed that actually happened like uh, my friend jesse and and his wife Allie got married a couple of months ago and it was just like right on the edge where I wasn't sure. And we were unable to attend and it breaks my heart. I wish I could have been there. We'll find other ways to honor them. But for those of you that were married and didn't have your ceremony, you didn't put it off. I'm so looking forward to experiencing that. Mm -hmm. You know, this is obviously highly personal. But for for each of you listening, if you have that person, like, encourage them to celebrate. Don't push them. But if they're, like, thinking about it, like, tell them, dude, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Uh, Like, uh, Sammy Wadi is getting married. I'm so fucking excited. 
They've had they had to put it off. They're having their actual wedding, which is fantastic. Amazing. So those things those things to me are are so important. Like my own my own birthday on a selfish level. We did like a little driveway party. We watched a Vikes game. We set up a screen where we're sitting right now. We had a great time. My fortieth is in November. I'm looking forward to actually being able to like, you know, I don't I don't know what we're gonna do, but my whole thing with birthdays is I've thrown a lot of surprise birthday parties, but they're impossible to throw for me because I invite everybody who would like to attend to come and just hang out. Let's drink. Be a part of Yeah, Butcher and the Boar for like nine years. We would go to Butcher and the Boar, smoke cigars, drink whiskey. In November in Minnesota, it's hard to have a patio party, but that's one place where you could have a patio party. So I would just be like, whoever among you would like to celebrate, let's just drink. Come be here. And for me, the theme is... The only gift I want is to be around as many people that I love at the same time as possible. That's all I want for my birthday. It's not a self-importance thing. It's that I want to be around my people. That's why I throw parties like the Negroni party. I want to be surrounded by my people. Like No one needs to be talking to me. I can just swing my head and just smile and be <laughs> happy with that. I'm with you on that. So I, I imagine that in November we're probably going to do something where it's just a bunch of my friends and, and family in one place congregating drinking too much smoking cigars eating good food that's all i need so it's it's a it's a very check all the boxes proposition i'm looking forward to everything but most of all i'm looking forward to people who had their unions or are intending to have their unions being able to if they choose to do so celebrate it in the way that they intended in the first place absolutely Oh, you want to malort about it? Uh, let's malort about it, and then I got I got a final one. Good lord, let's have some malort. Sweeter than Yuhu. Well, more bitter than Yuhu, at least. Uh, all right, so I wanted to. I'm, I'm going to do this in two different ways because I feel like I find more gut busting laughter <laughs> out of things than most humans around. Okay, so I wanted to I wanted to throw out. We got a little heavy on that last question because it's been it's been it's it's worth being heavy about. But Wait, what can this does this pick up? Hold up, does this, does this pick up? Oh, it does. There it is. Torching mm. torching the cigar. Uh, <laughs> quick side story. <laughs> uh, I had the first time I had a butane lighter. Uh, we had tried to get into cigars when we were in college. And so we all got the lighters and we got the cutters and yeah, we were doing it. It didn't last long. We were buying shitty cigars, like dipping them in scotch and thinking that that was going to be the cool thing. Uh And I went and saw, I'm going to say this proudly. uh, I went and saw the band Sister Hazel uh, after the All For You crest had happened. You know, they were on track to be like the next Tootie and the Blowfish and they just never really had another single after that. Okay. (laughs) And I went and saw them and... uh, they played. Uh, they have a song called um, "Champagne High," which is actually a, a phenomenal song. Uh, Emily Salios from the Indigo Girls sings the harmony on it, and it's about um, being invited to your ex's wedding, and then sitting there and realizing <laughs> that like you just 
were too scared to actually follow through with anything. And so you're just going to get drunk and say, fuck it. <laughs> okay. It's like a country song. that's not a country song. Uh, but they it were sounds doing it. like a country song. But everybody puts their lighters up. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled out my butane lighter. And, <laughs> and in the middle of the chorus, uh, the lead singer, Ken, just started laughing. And he like couldn't get his shit together. And the rest of the guys in the band are like looking at him. And he kept trying to shake it off. So the other guys are like singing the harmonies. And he's just not singing the melody. And they get to the end of the song. And uh, the guys are still looking at him. And he goes, dude... I'm I'm just singing this song that's like really personal to me and I look down and this giant motherfucker just pulls out a crack torch. <laughs> uh but anyway, uh all of that aside, uh it's been a pretty fun Did you just nod? Did you, you know, like... Oh no, I just went like woo, you know. Yeah. I that guy acknowledged me. Ah. <laughs> uh <laughs> that was at the time, man, that was all I wanted. I just wanted somebody to say that, oh there you are. Um, but no, in the last like month, month and a half, we've opened up a lot and there's been a lot of happiness and I wanted to know like, what has been a bright spot that comes to your mind or what has been something that has brought you incredible amounts of joy and or laughter in the last say like, well, really since everything opened up. Dude, I, man, this is like, uh. It could be dumb funny. It's, it's it could all, be great. It's all encompassing to <laughs> yeah. everything we've just been discussing. Everything, everything makes me happy and giddy and full of laughter. Like there's no, there's no one thing that stands out because of how everything right now makes me feel so good. I'm just elated to be able to spend time uh, with the people that I love. And, I mean, a lot of the laughs that I've had over the last year have been courtesy of this podcast. <laughs> so I think that that hasn't, that hasn't really changed. I'm still really enjoying doing this. And uh, I still have a lot of my, like, isolatable laughs. It's not a word. Sorry. I like it. <laughs> when we record this podcast. Yeah, for sure. In terms of, like, a specific scenario man i don't i don't have any one thing that i could say was like that's okay an instance that really knocked me on my ass i really don't have one of those i bet you got one and i bet maybe i'll think of one oh yeah for sure yours. uh well first first and foremost i just want mm. to say the thing that's brought me the most joy is is hugging everyone again sure yeah this, I, so those are the things like, hasn't hasn't gotten old yet can you pick one uh i'll pick one hey hold on let me yeah. do this Standing in my kitchen really late on Saturday night at the Negroni party, there was like six of us left, and it was two in the morning, two thirty. I don't, I don't even remember. I was not clock watching. I didn't care what time it was, but I was standing in the kitchen with Rick and Paige and Marnie and Allgood and Cam and Colleen and maybe one or two other people, and Rick was standing right next to me, and I was wolfing down the remainder of David Monk's grilled peach salad with burrata. Oh, that shit was so good. And it, those, it like those... splayed out on the counter. It was like everywhere. There's food everywhere. Cherry tomatoes and, and was, crostinis. Yeah, baby. I felt like I was in a, a, a Miyazaki movie. You know, I felt like I was in a Studio Ghibli movie just surrounded by food and laughter and food and, and food and food and drink <laughs> and food. And Rick was standing right next to me and he was like, 
he said something like, fuck, doesn't it, doesn't it feel good to be able to hug your friends? And he kind of like swung his arms out like the, the weird old Jesus statue. And I turned to him mouthful of peaches and cherries and burrata. And I was like, fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> and then like we very slowly hugged and we just squeezed each other and rocked back and forth for like, yeah, man. For like a minute. And Paige finally turned after the first 30 seconds and saw us. And she was, she said something like, oh my God, this is so precious. And we were just like, we were just like rocking, mm-hmm. just holding one another, squeezing, just rocking back and forth. <laughs> that's beautiful man go on yeah. no i love that <laughs> right. like yeah for me it's kind of the same thing uh the the first one that pops into my head is uh, a friend of mine who is a, a, a like a an ad writer like a, a marketing guy but also uh is a script writer and made an incredible movie called sick boy uh i wouldn't i i can't honestly say like we're super good friends we talk a few times a year mm-hmm. and either i go to new york or he comes here but when 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 we see each other that's all we're going to do. And it was, he showed up right after things opened up and I walked into the bar. He beat me to it. And we, same thing. We hugged for like a minute straight and it was just like, he's also like our height. So I didn't have to bend over or like figure out like, am I going to go over or like, uh, how do I No, It's, it's the interlocking arms. And it it was, it was perfect. It was, it was fantastic. (laughs) Uh, My friend uh, Lowe celebrated her 30th birthday and she was uh, two hours late to where she told me that she was going to be. <laughs> yep. And honestly, I was about ready to leave. And then she came walking in and the excitement on her face when she saw me standing there was all I needed. Like, again, same thing. It was like a 30 second or a minute long hug. Just no words. Just, oh, we can do this now. It's good. And that was beautiful. Good, gentle squeeze. But the yeah. laugh <laughs> that came to my mind when I was thinking about yeah. this was uh, at a twice-delayed wedding, uh, we also had a twice-delayed bachelor party. And we finally got to the point where it was open enough that we could rent a cabin. And uh, Brady, the groom, asked that everybody be vaccinated that comes up. And so we had a fully-vaxxed bachelor party. And, uh, you know, we were in the middle of nowhere in central Minnesota. And we decided, originally, you know, we were going to do a bunch of golfing and shit. And we were just like, you know what? I, I chef the whole weekend, so I was just making good food morning, noon, and night. And we just decided, let's just hang out and have a bags tournament in cabin, the driveway. You just cabined hard. Cabined hard. And uh, we had a couple uh, pretty amazing former hockey players. Uh, and my obsession with Letterkenny really folds right into like meeting a bunch of former semi-pro hockey players. <laughs> uh, like I, I only knew three people at the bachelor party, so everybody was a stranger to me. And we're getting ready for the the, the bachelor. We're getting ready for the bags tournament. And uh, one of the dudes, the the I, sh- I guess highest rated hockey player of them, comes walking <laughs> out. And it's like you know, it's already eighty five and it's perfectly sunny. He looks around and he goes, "Tarps optional, boys!" And he just took his shirt off. I had never heard the phrase "tarps optional." <laughs> Fucking killed me. I laughed for like five minutes straight because I had never heard that phrase. That's good. And he threw it out as if it was something that everybody should know. He just wanted to let everybody know that they were in fact optional. Shirt came off. Never, never, ever went back on for the rest of the day. Tarps. Tarps optional. <laughs> optional. We have we have options. <laughs> we have options. <laughs> You know, like one of those dudes that doesn't say a whole lot, 
comes comes walking outside, huge driveway. We got two different bags boards set up. Looks around, kind of assesses the <laughs> the competition, and rather than talking shit like everybody else was, he just let them all know that the fucking tarps were optional. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking killed me. Could he? Did he understand why you were laughing? Absolutely. Like, also, like, I love wait, the fact. You, have you never heard, was he like? Have you never heard that? No. He goes, "How have you never heard that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't play hockey. I don't that's know. If, I have no idea." And he's like, "No, we've just been saying that forever." I'm like, "Okay, I guess that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Fuck it." Oh man, love it. This fucking cigar is fantastic. Yeah, I'm impressed that we managed to uh, stretch these, but they are Gordos. They're nice size cigars. We. Yeah, and we are we're also jiving. We're jiving. We're talking. <laughs> we're we're spending time sipping, sipping and sipping, sh- sharing thoughts, sharing thoughts. Jesus Christ, sipping, sipping shots. shots and sharing thoughts. I like that the you fucked fuck it up. Is going on. I fucked that up so many times. I know. Well, one time you actually <laughs> you called me you called me to task on that. Like one time you were like, "It's sipping," and I was like, "Um." It's a good saying, but I don't. <laughs> Shipping tarps and tearing farts. Is that it? Did I get it? No, I didn't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Tarps optional. Tarps farts. Fuck. <laughs> probable. <laughs> tarps optional. Farts probable. Oh fuck! That's amazing. Oh man. All right. Print uh, it. Print, print it. it. Hit print. Oh, my God. But, yeah, to wrap that around, uh, it was beautiful. We finally got to get Brady and Vanessa married. Uh, so congratulations to them as well. It was fun. Uh, after spending uh, a bachelor party with the entire wedding party that I didn't know, save one person, it was fun seeing everybody then the next time all in tuxedos. <laughs> it's always weird when you only see, like, the most debauched cabin humans and then everybody's in, like, a, a black tie affair. And you're like, oh, you guys do clean up. That is sort of the old school appeal of a wedding where you have the um, bachelor and bachelorette party the night prior is everyone looks like hammered shit at 3 a.m. and then has to get themselves put back together as a real whole human being. The you clean up nice. That's that's kind of where it comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really glad that we didn't do that because I was still hammered shit the next day after my bachelor party. Yeah. And I've been to weddings where you had that friend who does not bounce back. Uh, My my pal, Mike Martin, rest his soul at his wedding. Seven, eight years ago, nine years ago. It's a long time ago. Our buddy Joe Kingsley was in town from San Diego. Uh, all his friends are his original group of friends are from Pittsburgh. He, he was a Pittsburgh native. We all had a absentee bachelor party. But he never actually Mike never showed up because he was. <laughs> we were at we had Mancini's. We had, the, we had the rehearsal dinner at Mancini's, and he went to get suits with his dad, like to pick up everybody's suits, and then somehow never showed up. <laughs> And and when that happens, because I've had I had a okay, so one other time I had an absentee birthday party. I've and, also done that. Was, I just told the story the other Peter day. Vang, and I was like, we're gonna have the fucking craziest party because he needs to feel awful for not coming to his own goddamn birthday party. Like he didn't make it to his own birthday. So this bachelor party, Mike never showed up, and we met at. Well, no, this had to have been goddamn it. This had to have been ten years ago now because we met at the Deuce Deuce. Oof. 
And rest in peace to the greatest strip club that the world has ever invented. Yeah, bar uh, like a, a hole in the wall bar uh, strip review here in in Minneapolis, Northeast Minneapolis. There used to be like a little circuit here, strip clubs and stuff. Very old school. But at the Deuce and, Deuce, the dancers had to play their own music on the jukebox, and if somebody else had played music, they either had to skip the song or they had to wait till it was done. And you could order a uh, frozen pizza, a frozen Heggie's pizza, mm. to the rail at the the. Well, I hate calling it Sniffers Row. Is there a better way to put that? Well, you already said it. Yeah, I That's mean, what they called it I, isn't. Yeah, I guess they did call that. They had the wheel. They had. It's the last place I can remember that had the um, vending machine with cigarettes in it. And even that night, my buddies who didn't show up, his cousin Andrew was there. And was like, oh, my God, you guys have these and ordered a pack of cigarettes. And another thing that I'll never forget was him uh, getting a beer. We all we were drinking Primos, of course, Grain Belt Premiums. And, you know, we were we already I told everybody, like, we're going to have a crazy night because Mike didn't show up. So we're going to we're going to it's going to be riotous because we're going to show him he should have been here. But it was the night before the wedding. And we we chugged Primos and um his cousin Andrew yelled before he drank his, I'm 22. <laughs> he literally yelled. I'm, I'm, I was and right when we were done. I looked at him and I was like, what did he just yell? I'm 22. And so the whole night we were doing, when we do shots or anything, we yelled, I'm 22. And I, I, I still yell it at that guy. Like whenever I have a conversation with him anyways. So that evening we had a, we had a crazy night. Uh, we went to Honey. We went to uh, Whitey's. We were all down that area. We ended up all up and down East Hennepin here in Minneapolis. Next day, we all sp- sprung back in some form or fashion. But Joe Kingsley, who was the best man, <laughs> Mike's oldest friend, that guy was fucking toast. He passed out basically everywhere he sat. He passed out. We were in the St. Paul Cathedral, which is where the wedding was. Oh, yeah. He was the, – there's only space up on the – the what do you call it? The altar for two other people yep. to sit. He was up there, passed out, slumped over <laughs> during the wedding. He passed out in the limo on the floor, and he famously passed out on the railing outside. On the railing. There's a photo of my buddy Mike Isle like behind him like going – like this famous photo and then uh, Mike's wife and and my girlfriend at the time are in the distance looking like oh my god with their hands to their mouth that guy was absolute fucking burnt toast he was so done Uh, the St. Paul Cathedral is one of I mean it's one of the most beautiful buildings Mm. it's it's it looks like it belongs in a much older European city massive domed giant uh, all of the 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 Catholic pomp and circumstance, the old world yeah. idea of what a <laughs> cathedral is, and uh, uh, a friend of mine got married there as well. And uh, just as everybody was walking in, it was a small wedding, and it's a huge cathedral, smaller wedding. And <laughs> right. uh, my friend Griffin was late. You can't fill it. I don't care how big your wedding is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Griffin's fashion uh, blurs a lot of, of of gender lines. It's one of the things I absolutely adore about him. He's just his own human being. And he had a, a, a huge strand of fake pearls that he was rocking. Ooh. And he was a little nervous because he was late. And so he was fidgeting with him as he was running, well, walking fast. Clacking to his them. Seat. And uh, he broke them. 
oh. the entire what? full strand of pearls. Echoed for like an hour probably. Bouncing. <laughs> but, then, but then all of the bridesmaids and grooms would have to walk down that. So Ooh. there's like five, Don't different, pick your feet up. five different people in like formal dresses, like people in suits. Everybody's on their knees trying to pick up all these fake pearls from Griffin's broken necklace. It's like a whole new. Uh, that's how ceremonies get started, or yeah, like man. traditions of weddings. Uh, it was uh, picking up the pearls and on the, the way to the altar. The, <laughs> oh the, my god! The Catholic scorn for for the <laughs> man who showed up in pearls and then broke his strands of pearls right before the ceremony. Uh, it, was, it was fucking beautiful, man, and I I, I love Griffin so much. Uh, it's. Again, you couldn't picture a better thing. He was mortified. He was super embarrassed. But like, there's nothing better that you could have pictured for that. And just watching everybody try to pitch in to pick up the pearls. And like they roll everywhere. And so it was basically like a bunch of humans doing a live-action Hungry Hungry Hippos. Just trying Dude, to get all the yes, little white pearls up. Holy shit. It was fucking amazing. Okay, my, <laughs> so my favorite story from that weekend is not – or from that wedding in in the cathedral was not – the antics of one Joe Kingsley, it was, in fact, Mike's old friend, Zach, also from back home. And he was probably still drunk also that day when he came in. Early on, because they, they shut off the cathedral to uh, tourists when you book it for the wedding, like right when the ceremony started. Yep. So it's full of tourists with cameras and stuff, especially in like the front area, whatever you want to call it, the foyer. I don't just the front area was full of tourists people just taking photos and you know lighting candles and what have you so we're all waiting as the wedding party for everyone to be present in that area and there was only like 15 minutes left perhaps zach comes swinging through those giant doors i'm telling you <laughs> clearly still massive drunk. doors clearly still drunk this echoes out through the whole fucking cathedral. <laughs> Not that, but what he said when oh. he came in. And this is something that a lot of us still say to one another. He swings the doors open, and I'm going to go away from the mic because it'll sound more like what he did. He said, Where do you shit in this dump? <laughs> and everybody was like, What? It was, dude. It was, dude. I, we, none of us could believe it. And at the time, you know, impropriety was common, but we were like, dude, what? And he he meant it. He he had to find the actual bathroom, but he swung it. There's one and he goes, "Where do you shit?" Oh fuck, that's amazing. Oh, oh yeah. fuck. Hey, Charles, can I tell one more wedding story? I, I love this vein. And I'm, Let's I hope... take our bonus shot and then All we right. can tell it. All right, bonus shot. Bonus shot. Malort. Good lord. Jonas. Here's some Malort. So uh, one of my best friends on earth, uh, best man in my wedding, uh, literally one of the kindest and most lovable humans on earth, a uh, gentleman by the name of Steve Kelly. Uh, Steve was getting married to uh, his wife, Molly, who, again, I also absolutely adore. Uh, Molly was family from the minute that they got serious. I love them to death. They got married at a, a venue called the Semple Mansion, which uh, 100 years ago was a bank. They have a huge vault in the basement. 
It's very, very formal. It's, it's actually, very, yeah, very beautiful place that I'm a part of a secret society. Oh, I'm aware. I've heard. Uh, but we'll bring that up soon. We yeah. put on the pod because I think we should. it's going to be not so secret, but still kind of secret. Yeah, we could do it there. Yeah. Simple mansion, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so stunning place, right? Historical for sure. Where they do the ceremonies, uh, there is a uh, uh, an ADA elevator that goes through the whole place, mm. so that anybody that's in a wheelchair or has trouble walking, because it is old school. There's lots of stairs mm. from the basement to the top floor. There's an elevator because they do the ceremony on the main floor. The sort of dressing rooms slash hangout areas downstairs, and then okay. the the dinner area and the the dance area is always on the second floor. So I had spent uh, as a groomsman in this wedding, I had spent two weeks trying to convince one of our friends who, if there had been an extra groomsman, he would have been the extra groomsman. Okay, but she picked the number, and so he went accordingly. So he was like a part of the whole crew, and he was hanging out with us the whole time. Usher situation. Yeah, yeah, basically Usher situation. And I had spent weeks trying to convince him. It's nice saying name that role after Usher, then you feel Usher, really special. Usher, Usher. <laughs> uh, I tried to convince him that after everybody was seated, nobody would notice if he just like walked out and went downstairs. And I wanted him to come up. We had a cutout of a stormtrooper. And I wanted, is the ceremony started, I want the elevator doors, because it's right next to where the couple is actually getting married. Yeah. I wanted the elevator doors to open and have him walk out and be like, oh, wrong floor, walk back in, and then go up. I thought it would be just a hilarious prank. Okay. Up until the moment of the ceremony, I thought he was maybe going to do it. And then definitely got cold feet. It was like, dude... I don't want to, he's got a lot of old family here. Like a bunch of people flew in from New York. I don't want to like disrespect the wedding. I'm very afraid of Molly. She might actually kill me, which is fair. (laughs) Molly is wonderful and amazing. But if I needed to hide a body, I would probably call her and my wife. That's it. So, uh, junior backed out and I was like, well, that would have been hilarious, but like, it is what it is. What I didn't realize is that I had spent so much time focusing on making this happen that Steve's older brother, who was the best man in this wedding, already had a prank going on. They uh, they did like a religious portion of the ceremony. So there was lots of like standing up and sitting down and whatnot. And Steve's older brother had taped a remote control fart machine underneath Steve's (laughs) chair. Okay. The oldest prank in the book. He had the remote in his pocket and he pulled it out and just kind of had it in his hand. Mm -hmm. So everybody's just standing there and they're doing the the thing that guys do when they stand up and they hold uh, one hand goes over and holds the the meat of the palm on the other hand. So it kind of looks like you're a soccer player covering your genitals. You know, you look uncomfortable. Right. So he had the remote on his inside hand. So you couldn't see that he was pressing anything. Yeah, well thought out. And anytime anybody would sit down, <laughs> he would press the button. And it was, the, and it was, it was, it was like quiet enough because of where he, he had taped it with the speaker up. So it just seemed oh. like a muffled fart. So it was like a real fart. It sounded like a real fart. And so we were, we were like kind of giggling, okay. but like we had also had some scotch before the ceremony. We had some Glenlivet 15 from our group, it wouldn't be that surprising if somebody was also like farting. So, yeah, we, people who drink one little bit fifteen do fart right. at ceremonies a lot. <laughs> <It turns. laughs> well, you know, like if you if you're drinking on an empty stomach, there's going to be some fucking <laughs> that kind of comes through a little. 
<laughs> well, what you just did, that's the joy. I thought there was only one sound to it. It, it was he just kept hitting. Oh, there's like a rotation, yeah. And we all kind of were giggling a little bit, but pretty much nobody else could like hear it. And I think Andy was mad that not enough people had like really been able to be a part of this joke. Okay. So they get to the point where stand and and face the crowd. So the Steve and Molly stand up and they're facing everybody. I'm glad he was so committed to ruining this there. And he, and uh, and the 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 pastor was like, you know, look around. All of these people are here to see you. And he hit a different button and it went. And I fucking, oh my God, I fucking lost it. Like, I'm standing there. I'm literally white knuckling wow. my own okay. hands. My shoulders are shaking. I looked like I had hypothermia. It's, nobody like, can laugh. We're, are all of us, oh, all of man. us guys. There's a lot of people who would be very angry about are this. Sitting, and then because you couldn't laugh, because you, that makes it so much funnier. So all I could hear over and over in my head was, so, so it's like perfect. it's like holding in a fart, and I look. I I I like I'm staring down. I'm like trying to stuff everything down inside of me, and I look over, and Andy just winks at me, and then makes like the <laughs> I smelled a bad fart face. It's fucking done. <laughs> just fucking done. And thank God, literally until weeks later, I don't think anybody told Molly that that was a fart machine. I think she really thought that someone was, someone someone was, was actually like just okay. farting that much. Fucking that fuck, oh that fart God. probably took a year off my life because of the amount of sacrifice that I had to make to tap that down inside of me. And we were all doing it. I mean, we were all just red-faced and just shaking while trying to just not look around. I mean, it, we must have looked like we were junkies just jonesing for something. It was so fucking beautiful for something that was so dumb. And he, I was like, where did you get that? He's like, oh, I just went over to Walgreens. I was going to get a Gatorade, and then I saw a fart machine. <laughs> yeah, those things, those things are fun. One, uh, <laughs> one Christmas at Marnie's parents' place, I think Scott... My brother-in-law might have bought it for the stallion. His, his mom, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> someone there got one, but then they went through them, and I branded every one. Like I gave them each a name, like so. Every fart, I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's more of a, that's more of a Scott. Nope, that's a Marnie. <laughs> no, they had. I, I came up with a really fun name. So oh. I couldn't do it. I'd have to hear them now to even do it. But it was like the gaseous gazelle. You know, like every one was like a different name. <laughs> Like Yash's gazelle, <laughs> you, you can hear because you know they're going fast. Yeah, you it's gotta like, just get that extra turbo speed. Yeah, that's the, like that's need, the, need for speed, you know. Hitting the, hitting the nos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> empty the tank, baby. Uh, oh, that's a lot of fart me. jokes. That's, that's a lot, a lot of. of jokes. I'm glad. I'm glad we we started really highbrow and we ended with fart jokes. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, you gotta just. It's like the more you drink, the lower your brow gets. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> well, shit, Charles, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I love having guests on, but I also love when we get to catch up a little bit and, and have a little conversation. Absolutely. Uh, we want to maybe let everybody in on some of the things that we're working on for some cool shit coming up. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that perhaps we're going to bring this up earlier, but realistically it doesn't matter when it comes up it just matters that it comes up we've, we've been working on uh some stuff live recording we want to do a live recording and uh 
do throw like an actual party. We've alluded to it on the podcast. We want to do like a proper party, especially. I mean, the theme of this is uh, very on point, considering the circumstances. We want it. We want to bring people in. We know we have a lot of listeners who would like to uh, participate in. Uh, what we do in a different way, and we're we're looking in ways to do that, yep. right? We're looking in ways to to throw a party of some sort, be able to drink with our uh, some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's going to be pretty limited, but we want to have a mm-hmm. have a live recording, have some food, have some drink, and probably partner. The likelihood is we're going to partner with our friends at PNA Hall, who've been absolutely gracious to us. Shout out to them! Entire process, they've been they've been uh, godsend. They've been excellent. They took it on the chin worse than just about anybody through this, as far as like event spaces go. And the fact that they let us have a space to create what we've created, uh, we want to try and return that favor and do something fun there. Um, we've had a number of different shows approach us about doing some some cross episodes, so you may see me, see some of that from us as well. Yeah, uh, and then maybe there there may, might even be some some Patreon in our future. Yes. So honestly, more than anything, I think we just want to thank everybody for uh, for sticking with us and being a part of this amazing thing that we're going to keep rolling with. We got a lot of really cool guests uh, after we kind of figured things out with with Tony Fly. I think we're going to do a few more of those kind of remote shows where we're talking to people outside of our community. And uh, again, if there's anybody out there that you want to hear on this show or you think would be a great guest, just let us know. Yeah, kick us any ideas whatsoever. People that people, you know, in the community or outside of our own community here in the Twin Cities that you think would be good guests. I think we learned some lessons there. It was a it was a great episode. I think it sounded fine, but we're learning lessons. We're going to mm-hmm. refine our processes, and and we want to expand uh, on on what we're already doing and bring in more people. And we're just we're having fun, and we think we think and we hope that you're having fun with us as well. If you're still on board after twenty eight episodes and a hundred and seventy, yeah, hundred seventy. Now it's uh, hundred sixty eight after today. Hundred six oh, yeah. hundred sixty eight topics of conversation. That's that's a lot. And that too, if there's stuff that you, questions you want to have asked, mm-hmm. topics you want to talk about, just let us know. That's right. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you for, for everything. And again, keep leaving reviews. Uh, keep letting us know. The more reviews that happen, the easier it is for other people to find us. Uh, hit us up on any of our socials. Libations for everyone. Uh, if you want to find me directly, it's either communist or the communist. Just depends on your social media. Look it up. You'll find me. Uh, and for Mr. Charles Wad. It came from the sea on Instagram is good enough. Holler. Uh, yeah, I guess we never even introduced ourselves. Uh, I, th- I hope by now you figured out that I'm what? Ben. I'm Ben Quam. Jeez. And uh, you're Charles Wad. It seems that seems accurate. It seems and, appropriate. Uh, the show is libations for everyone. Hey. And so we're going to sip some shots and share some thoughts again soon. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Shout out again to Laserbeak, by the way. Old school guest from episode yeah. three, four, somewhere in there, uh, for doing the theme music. I've had a couple people ask me what it is. Uh, Laserbeak has a bunch of new music out. Beak. Uh, he just did an EP with a rapper from originally from Chicago named Longshot. 
it's fantastic. It's called I think it's called the Summer Love EP. It's fucking great. The first song on that EP has been on repeat in my car. Uh, support your local musicians. Listen to good shit. If you don't know what to listen to, go find some Laserbeak. Jam to that. And until then, uh, hey, cheers. This is Libations for Everyone. We love you. Cheers. Cheers.